Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City. And I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. My interview today is with Kristen Summers, who is the CEO of Mindstar Health. That is a self-care app that she's developed. She had a divorce at the beginning of the pandemic, so we talked about her post-divorce sexual awakening and, you know, how she navigated those waters during a fucking global pandemic. She learned a lot about herself while dating. She's like a lot of people who didn't do a lot of dating before she got married. A lot of people in the Midwest settle down young and... You know, then in your 30s or 40s, it should be all about exploration, but a lot of people struggle with that. So, you know, if you're post-divorce and you feel like you've struggled getting back out there, I hope you find some inspiration from Kristen's story. I think one of the more important aspects of our conversation was talking about authenticity and how you not only have to learn about yourself, you know, through this process after a divorce or after a breakup, You've got to learn how to show yourself to other people. You've got to learn how to show up. And I, we talked about how a lot of that starts with loving yourself, radically loving yourself. You know, she actually, quote I pulled from her was, the only love that is unconditional is self-love. I mean, that's so true. So we talked about how to build that up. She talked about the law of seduction. She also talked about how she's done some online sex work. Honestly, that's gotten quite popular. And it's not what you think it is. It's not, it doesn't have to always be showing all your bits. Sometimes it's just about showing some feet or shaking your booty for somebody. You know, like there's so much variety out there. But she talked about her experience and what she learned from it. I have a link in the show notes so you can find more information about her app. It's all about incentivizing you to take better care of yourself. I'll let you in on a little hint too. The next couple of episodes are going to be with some folks that I know who have also been doing some sex work during the pandemic. And then it's going to culminate with an interview with Caitlin Bailey, who's coming back to the show. She has the Old Pro Project. And we're going to talk about sex workers on Sex Worker Day, which is June 2nd. Again, getting into this is not, it's not always what you think it is. The content is not always what people perceive. So yeah, just come into these episodes, as I'm sure you always do, with an open heart and an open mind, and just listen to people's stories. Get to know your fellow humans better. As always, I would love it if you have any feedback or questions. Send me an email, kristen at openthedoorscoaching.com. You can find me on social media. I have been having a lot of fun on TikTok. My page is really blown up, honestly, and I've gotten a lot of new clients. So I may also now have some new listeners. So welcome to the show. I love taking listener questions, just like I love taking questions on TikTok. But anyway, if you uh, uh, don't follow me on TikTok, find me at Coach Kristen. Find me on any of my other social media channels you like as well, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Clubhouse. Anyway, let's get on with the show. (music) 
Today's episode is going to be a lot of fun. I am joined by Kristen Summers, who is the founder and CEO of Mindstar Health. I met her, gosh, I think it was a year and a half ago at 1 Million Cups because she yeah. gave a fabulous presentation about this app that she was developing to help people with their self-care routines. Of course, myself being a sexuality professional, I did approach her afterwards and asked, Hey, this is fantastic, but do you have anything in there about sexual health? And hey, Kristen, I'm just going to say right here for love this story. You looked at me like this moment of, uh, I kind of had this impression. It was, I don't, and damn it, maybe I should have, but yes. you let it some conversations yes. between us. So I am so glad to have you on my show. Finally. Yes. I'm glad to be here. And yes, it definitely wasn't oh crap moment. It was like, which is great because you need those, right? Because when you're creating something, you get so into your head and get an outside perspective. There's been so many times developing this app for the last two years. It's like, oh, we do need that. Or do we need it now? Or can we add it later? Like really thinking about the importance when you're building something and when you're bootstrapped, like I am, you have to really think about what you honestly can afford to get something out there. So yeah, no, it was, it was definitely like an, oh moment, but it was a good, oh, it definitely got my brain, got the wheels turning. And so I've appreciated it. And I'm excited to be honored to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Well, you know, I love big O's. <laughs> yes. And speaking of that, we're, we're not just going to be talking about this fabulous business that you have started in your entrepreneurial journey, which I do love talking about. We're definitely going to be talking about your personal journey that you've had over the last few years too. So now Kristen reached out recently because I mean, I'm always looking for podcast guests, but COVID has presented some really unique twists and turns and pivots for a lot of us. So part of what I have you on here to talk about today is that post-divorce sexual awakening. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are one of the many people out there that are falling into the pandemic divorce category. It's a growing statistic of people who, I kind of want to like leave you to talk about this, but it really is the moment where you are looking at your partner and it's make or break. You are having to make decisions and you made some tough decisions once the pandemic really settled in. So I tell me a little did. bit about that. Yeah. Um, so just to give a quick synopsis. So the last five years has been a big personal development journey. Ever since my daughter, a severe postpartum depression from the birth control shot really opened my eyes, really rocked my foundation of who I was. Mm -hmm. uh, realizing that it wasn't any of those things. Actually, I was playing the part, which mm -hmm. also led to part of my divorce was realizing is how much of my life was pleasing other people. And gee, did I even like that movie? Or I just said I did just because everyone else did that type of situation, not knowing myself. And so through that led to the creation of my app, which is the self-care rewards app that allows businesses to reward people for their self-care. So starting that whole journey while also going through my own personal development of starting a business with a journalism background, thinking I was just going to be a writer. I wasn't going to start a business. I wasn't going to get into mental health. And then everything changed for the better. Mm -hmm. um, and so leading all up to that, I see now, um, I asked for the divorce right when the pandemic was hitting. Mm -hmm. This was, okay, so January, February of, of this time last year, people were starting to talk about it. We weren't, we weren't in quarantine yet. We weren't. And I was just kind of going through the motions. I was freelance writing 
and not happy in my marriage. Honestly, I was numb. I even remember when I became numb. It was November of 2019. My ex had did something and I just said, I'm very spiritual. So I said, God, I can't keep letting him hurt my heart anymore. Like you have to put this wall up. I can't keep getting hurt. Like I'm going to have nothing left. Um, and it's weird because the next day I woke up and it was like completely numb and him and I've talked about it. He goes, yeah, something happened in November. I know what happened, but something just shut off. So mm-hmm. right around first of March, I didn't have the plan to ask for the divorce. I should have asked honestly a long time ago, but I got so into myself the last five years, which I, I don't regret because I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And honestly, that gave me all the time to build the courage to leave because it takes so much to leave when you're in for so long, you don't think about it. You know, I'm thinking what all led up to, but you can see all the moments where it led up to building up the courage to ask for something as big as that, especially when I've been with my ex since I was 17. So Mm -hmm. I had only been with two people. Um, So as far as my sexual awakening, it was just very limited and that's fine. Some people do that, you know, they meet their partner and then it's great. Mm -hmm. Um, But my development, I learned there was a lot of things and a lot of different areas of my life that needed to be worked on that I was not happy with that I was settling. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you get on stage, you share this story, you tell people not to settle, to take risk. And there's one area of your life you're not willing to really look at. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I decided to look at it March of last year, early March. I just, I don't know what it was that day. The usual of dinner was done. I cooked and cleaned the dishes. I'm with the kids downstairs. He grabs his phone, goes into the bedroom, the usual night of on our phones and in other rooms. And I'm with the kids and we're just kind of doing our own separate thing. And mm-hmm. I just went to him and said, look, <laughs> like I'm done. I've been done. I've been numb. Um, I've been sweeping under the rug and I, I want out. I told him I was 99% done. Mm-hmm. He decided that that meant that he had a 1% chance, which he did, <laughs> uh-huh. but then he needed to try. And, um, and then I think like a week later, they said, guess what? We're all now going to be stuck at home or something like that. Like it was right around, like I announced it. And at that point I had already been sleeping in the kids' room, but I was like, okay, now I'm really sleeping in the kids' room. And we're just kind of in this lull in this purgatory and then it was like oh guess what now you get to be stuck at home together mm-hmm. um, so it was it it was it was interesting and you know I could say it was hard but when you're you do what you have to do in times you know in tough times sometimes you don't even think it people are like how did you do that and you're like because I had to I had no other choice. You didn't even think you just do what's the next best thing, but you go into survival mode, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. So for me, it was sleeping in my kid's room, moving my stuff out, trying to focus on, you know, my career and can I make money on my own and all these things. So yeah, it's all of it has led up to this and now I think if I hadn't have went through all of that and if I would have asked for a divorce, just kind of just through an argument, right? You get really upset. And you're like, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have been, would have been more emotionally taxing. I think I was emotionally checked out for years, which mm-hmm. doesn't make it easy, but it makes it easier than being enthralled in the emotions of it and just being like, I'm done and grabbing the kids. I'm like, no, 
not doing that. We're going yeah. to be, we're going to try to be adults about this. So yeah. I moved stairs and that's where I currently live. I'm getting ready to move out. Um, it has its challenges living with my ex. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, we're doing bird nesting. So essentially the kids are in one house and for instance, I just dropped them off. They were with me for the weekend and for my son's birthday. And now he kind of took over. So I leave the house and I will leave the house for the night and I'll come back either sometime tomorrow or tomorrow night. Um, and then he will go to work mm -hmm. and there we go. And then we just kind of do this back and forth thing. Um, so, you know, some nights he's, some nights he's there and I'm downstairs in my space. Honestly, it's like my little studio apartment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have everything but a kitchen sink, um, but I have my own bathroom, I have my office, I have that in my space. It works for the time being um, as we, again, with COVID and everything, it's like, do I go out and get my own place right now with everything of the pandemic? And yeah. is it smart that right now? There's a lot of questions. And so I just did my best. Um, I think because I'm in the mental health space, maybe that might've helped because I know the tools and stuff to like go get some fresh air and step out and mm -hmm. connect with someone over the phone, right? Like get out of my head and this is like, this isn't going to end. And no, it's temporary. Everything is yes. temporary. Feelings, emotions, everything is temporary. And so um, I'm really thankful that I had the tools the mental health tools to help me basically stay sane as sane as we can be in a pandemic is anyone really saying that's the question <laughs> <laughs> right and that's the thing about self-care i know having worked at a weight loss company for a long time and a lot of what we preached was self-care and i remember you know when you're getting people coming in who maybe just want to lose weight but they're not into the woo woo when you start talking about practicing self-care and looking at what you really need in the moment, like, do I just need to talk to somebody? Is this just anxiety over what's going on in the moment? I just need to distract myself or remove myself. But some people are critical of that and saying, well, you're just not facing reality. When I totally disagree with that, I think it's actually letting you be present and process your reality better. Because when you are, like you mentioned, yeah. checked out. There's a certain beauty to getting to the point where you are checked out from the situation because there's a calm that comes mm -hmm. with that. It's sort of like you've been keeping track of all these things, weighing them out. And you've found that point where the scales have tipped and you understand your, where you're at or what your decision needs to be. Even if that moment isn't when you can take action upon it, but you do get a calm and a sort of detachment from it to where you can look at it a lot more clearly than being involved in the chaos of the moment and the emotions. Right, exactly, yes. I think a lot of people when they think of divorce as this big dramatic thing, you know, like I said, flinging the doors and there's just, and I get it, movies tell us that, right? Mm -hmm. The divorce is a big thing. And it is a big thing, but I was very, I'm very much the type that why do I have to do things like everybody else? Right. Um, and so it's just all like, you know, we, and we do, we, I mean, we do have our challenges, that's for sure. Um, nothing is perfect, but it could be a lot worse. It could be, you know, everything we've went through, but yeah, it's, it's kind of the things where you start to, when you start working on yourself, you really start observing yourself, but also your relationships outside and mm -hmm. how you interact with people, what energy you're taking in and how much energy you're giving, which is yeah. very much, I'm big now that I'm in the dating world about matching energy. 
people say, oh, that's playing a game. No, it's not. If I text you three sentences and you give me two words, I might say, okay, you're busy. But if it's consistent, guess what? My two sentences are going to go down to two or three words as well. And they're going to wonder why. And I'm saying, I'm just matching energy. The last three days or four days or week, you've been pretty quiet. I understand people have a life, but we're all addicted to our phones. It only takes five, 10 seconds to text to say, Hey, I'm busy or whatever it is, you know? So I love I that, that matching energies piece. Absolutely. Yes. yes. And so people are like, Oh, well you're playing it. It's like, no, it's not like a, he waited three hours. I'm going to wait five. I don't play that game. I just observe the words that they're using. If they're busy, for instance, I'm going to go see the guy I'm in a vibe ship with now. I am busy. I texted and he knew it was shorter. So he said, is everything okay? And I said, yes. I'm sorry for being short. I'm just a little busy. I will see you this evening. Kissy face. And he was like, okay, great. Cause I let him know. Cause it knows that I talk. I knows he knows that I'm chatty. <laughs> so the fact that I wasn't, he on it was like, Whoa, he picked up. Are you? And I said, yes, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm busy. I'll see you. T- I'll, I'll text you when I'm on my way. I'll see you tonight. Okay, cool. Like it's not this whole thing where I see I'm on TikTok, obsessed with TikTok, but honestly, I see I follow a lot of relationship stuff and I see that toxicity of this cat and mouse back and forth game of, well, he waited three, so I'm going to wait five. And it's like, okay, you have to take about people have stuff going on, especially with COVID. I mean, stats of divorce, but stats of mental illness are up. Yes. You know, people don't know how to do it. And I, I get it, you know, as someone who has a mental illness, generalized anxiety disorder with OCD tendencies, throw some ADD in there for fun. And so- um, <laughs> We're a lot alike. We are a lot alike. Right, but yeah, it's just like, um, it's very much like, no, I really think it's about matching energy and being adults, also having empathy mm-hmm. for people. I think, honestly, someone said the other day, how do we save the world? I said with empathy, <laughs> because radical empathy, um, because we all are, just assuming that that person might not be painted because they're playing video games. Well, guess what? They're probably so in their head that might be their way of escaping what's going on, right? Again, it's all about matching energy and trying to be understanding. And again, there comes to a point, like I said, there'll be guys I had dated were, you're not texting as much. Well, I'm just matching energy, dude. Like, and when you start practicing self-care though and self-love, you can do that. You can set those boundaries and you start to realize this is what I realized. I'm, I'm working on a novel actually about all of this that we're going yeah. to talk about. Yes. And it is, it's the woman's self-care journey through dating and through divorce and dating and self-care and how it's made me realize over the weekend that whether we want to admit it or not, but love, romantic love is conditional in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What the only love that's unconditional is self-love. That's the only one that should be unconditional. We want the other love to be unconditional. The movies tell us that, right? That it should be unconditional. But in reality, I've seen the most couples I thought were going to be together forever. And something happened. And it became conditional. And then it ended. Because ultimately, we partner with someone based on who we are and who they are. We change and they change. And if you do not change together and you become incompatible in the long run. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) imagine people out there. This happened a lot over the last four years, people out there who were pretty similar politically in their ideologies. And then one became 
a Hillary supporter, one became a Trump supporter. A lot of divorces happened because of that split, because it's not about if you're voting for a Democrat or Republican, it's because that was seen as a fundamental difference in who you are and where your humanity lies. Yeah, and your morals and your values mm -hmm. completely changed. Yes, I almost thought about, I used to joke, I was going to write an expose called, this is a little extreme because of a headline, sleeping with the enemy. Because my I had polar opposite political views and I was all like, I'm sleeping with the enemy here as a joke. But it was like how to deal with that in the last four years because they were similar and then they changed political in our views. And I'd be like, how do you, I don't even know you when I did it. And turns out I realized this too, that I've never been loved for myself, but I can't be upset because I didn't know who I was. Yeah. Bingo. He loved <laughs> He loved, he loved me for an idea of me, right? Like who I was at that time. I was, I was uncovering, unearthing myself and I loved him for what I thought he was. Right. And we put these projections on people. Right. And we, we love them. Oh, I, I love him for the man that he will be. He may not turn out to be that person. You have yep. to fall in love with the person now. That's like the someone that I'm seeing now, you know, when he's all like, we're starting to get more comfortable to be really opening up more. Mm -hmm. You know, we're at that past that stage where it's like, it's still the honeymoon, but it's like, Hey, does your crazy match my crazy? And yeah, then, when you fly like, your freak flag, is his, his out there with yours? Right, right. Like things are getting, which is great. Cause it's like, Oh, okay. We're hitting a whole nother like level, which is fantastic. And we're still going to go slow, but I can see how things are opening up. And I'm so glad that we waited to, before we made this an official relationship that we're just like at a point in our lives where we're both adults and we're like. We can do what we want to do. We like hanging out with each other. We make each other happy. And that is enough. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I'm going with. This is what this year is all about. And probably the rest of my life is to just be, just be happy. Just be Kristen. Just follow my bliss, my flow. Um, if something doesn't make me happy, then I'm going to leave it right away, but I'm definitely going to assess it. How many bad days versus happy days? Is this worth my energy and worth to investing in my time? What's the ROI? These are business terms. Uh, and <laughs> go with that instead of this um well we've been together for a year so you know we have to stick it out do you yeah. right do you oh my gosh i can't tell you how many people i have coached through you can have beautiful experiences with other people that add value to your life and you're adding value to theirs even if in the long run you're not compatible you can still right. have some really beautiful experiences as long as you're both being honest with where you're at and you are doing that reassessment so many people stick with someone just because they're, they're having a good time and they like the person, but if they really don't see themselves moving forward in the long run, they do have to do that reassessment and they do have to be willing to say, you're great. You're wonderful. But in the long run, this just isn't going to work and walk away when the time's necessary, but way too many people just stick it out because the other person hasn't done something wrong or right. violated those boundaries. It's just not a fit and they won't walk away when it's just not a fit. Right. It's, it's comfortable. We get so used, our brains look for patterns and consistency. So the whole thing with texting, when you're used to someone texting, 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 your brain's like, oh, I see this pattern. I like this. And it's feeding off the reward triggers, right? It's lighting up on our brain, reward, reward, reward. And then it's all like, oh, I texted them and they didn't text me back. How dare them? They're, they're wasting my time. Or maybe life happened. Give them a second. See what happened. Now they could be ignoring you. Or they could have some, something seriously happened because at the end of the day, you really don't know someone. Right. That. And Brene Brown talks about that with 
be willing to speak up and ask questions rather than just get wrapped up in the story that you're telling yourself. Exactly. Yes. Like, is that, you know, like what's going on? Is everything okay? You know, and if they, and I get it, people ghost or whatever. Honestly, I take that as ghosting. I take as you, you have, you have triggered an insecurity and everyone, when it comes to they fight, flight, freeze, they, they, they flew, they flew because you triggered something or I really, I really, I really do think you've triggered something in them. Maybe they realize that they do like you. And then that scares them because I think what I've learned the last eight months when it comes to dating, I'm so very new, but what I observed is that people, um, when you really start to open up, that's when people get scared because we're so scared of getting hurt and being vulnerable, but there's so much power and vulnerability that people Mm -hmm. don't realize. And I'm not saying you get open them all in and tell them about your childhood trauma. That's up to you. But if you open up that door a little bit to give them a chance just to see, then that's how I know, like, then I never regret. If I get my heart broken, it's like, you know what? But I let them in a little bit and I tried as opposed mm-hmm. to playing this game of, well, I didn't give them a chance to really get to know me, but if they got a chance to get to know me and then they walked away and that's fine because guess what? You can't mm-hmm. have every single guy or girl or whatever. You don't, you don't want that. No. Uh, like it's like okay well what I like to do is consider it kind of like a um kind of like a case study kind of mm-hmm. it's but it detaches yourself like okay what worked what didn't what qualities does he have what qualities do I have not that what didn't work but what worked and how can I take that with me to the next guy raising my standards mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know what's acceptable what's not acceptable what I liked and didn't like and so it's kind of like you're window shopping in a way it's like you just kind of get to see it if it doesn't if it doesn't fit it doesn't fit you go on there's still pretty things in the store you know mm-hmm. like I take it like that when it comes to dating and I get it we all want connection part of self-care is connecting with something outside of ourselves but if I tell myself gee if one guy can give me this that made me feel good then that means there's probably a million more that that can I agree and with that totally yeah Right. Cause they're like, Oh, well he did this and this. I'm all like, okay. Cause like, I had to figure out what the guy that I like now, do I like him because of his actions or is it him? Because he's kind to me. There's a million nice guys out there. Mm-hmm. Billion. So I'm like, what is it about him that I like? So I did, I've started journaling and I'm going to add this in my book, some journal prompts. People think about that. Is it the person or their actions? Because if it's their actions, guess what? If it's a nice guy, they'll do that. They'll open doors, they'll text, they'll do all the sweet things that they do if they're into you so is it that person and what is it what's it about that person is it the bad boy thing right is it because they 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 look like they're bad I don't know I think bad boys are all just a bunch of softies to be honest and they're just projecting the bad boy image I'm sorry bad guys but I think that's true I think for bad girls too they're the they've put that thing up the kind of facade but deep down they're they're just as vulnerable as hurt as anybody else that's just the image that they've chose to, to protect themselves. I agree but, with you. I agree with you totally on that. I yeah. also agree with your ghosting assessment. I like that viewpoint that you've triggered something in them that made them kind of scared. Right. I mean, cause I've heard that cause this is what I've heard, which is so interesting because I have dated a lot very carefully with COVID. So a lot of this has also been talking stage stuff, but what this is what I found is, wow. Oh my gosh. You're like the complete package. I'm like, yeah, I know. They're like, you're like, uh, what they'll say. They're like, you're like, you're a, you're a whole meal. I'm like, no, I'm a thanks, <laughs> sir. I'm a feast. 
And if you want to, I will give you a glimpse of the feast of like what's at the table. And if it doesn't look good to you, that's fine because someone will see it. And it's so, and they will appreciate it and the right person. Cause they'll be like, well, I don't know if I want you. And I will say, well, I don't know if I want you at my table. Enjoy my feast. I, did I say this whole idea of, I've noticed this, of it's up to the guy to decide if it's a relationship. It's a guy to decide if they want to go all in. No, I make that decision too. Mm-hmm. It's not about you wanting me. It's with this one guy. He's like, well, I don't know if I want something. I'm like, did I say I wanted it with you? Boom. Did I, boom, did I, did I say relationship? Did I say this or that? And that's one thing, honestly, I think this is why I've had good sexual experiences because of the communication I've put out there of what I'm looking for. But they assume I'll actually want a relationship. But I'm all like, if I don't say the word relationship, then that's not what I want. If I'm saying, because I will say, I want to have good conversation. I want to have good sex. I want someone that I can de-stress and make me calm because my life is stressful. Divorce, three kids, business. If you can get me to chill and come out and give me some orgasms and some tacos, we're cool. Like, that's all I want. And then I'm next- a girl. Right. And I'm like, that's what I want. And I'm all like, if you can provide that for the time being, that's fantastic. Now, if it leads to more, cause I'm open, that's fine. Cause it's meant to, but I'm not going to force anything. That's like the vibe ship of men. Now what we call it a vibe ship is because we like each other. It's not a situation ship because situation ship, you don't know where you stand. We know where mm-hmm. we stand. Mm-hmm. I, like say, I like you. You like me. I see the potential for more, but hold up. You've got trauma. I've got trauma. Let's go slow. So we don't jump into this. And next, you know, it's three months of this Back trauma forth. bonding and trauma bonding this big traumatic thing you know and he's going to leave the state he's like you don't care i'm like no actually i want you to go it's actually good it's good for you to go i mean out of state it's good to see each other all the time this is how you build a healthy relationship but i say all the time we get to decide yes we don't have to everyone's like oh you're not in a relationship yet it's been like two and a half months i'm like well, I'm cool with where I'm at. So why do I have to be in a relationship? Because romantic love has sold them these notions and ideas of, of um, this love that is so great and all encompassing that it then implies ownership. Yes. And that's why I was all like, love is conditional. It can come and go. What's the one thing that's going to stay? Me. I'm the one thing that's going to stay. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give myself to a relationship whenever I'm ready, but I'm going to make sure I give myself double. Because yes. it comes and goes, I don't know if it's going to be here. It's like, and so it doesn't matter who comes in and out of my life. First of all, they come into my life. It's for a legit reason. I am identifying so much with a lot of what you're saying. Cause I, myself had a divorce a few years ago. It was my second and had to go through that learning to love myself first and foremost, before I could get out there and really love someone else. So I want to talk a little bit more about what it's like to date during a pandemic and also take care of you know, your health, but your mental health during that time and explore a little about what you've been doing to gain some more sexual experience. Yes. And uh, <laughs> some of the fun stuff that's come along with that after the break. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sounds great. Perfect. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute. So stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. I want to get into like, okay, you're, you are deciding now you need to make some change. And like a lot of people, we don't know what we don't know, you know? So sometimes we've got to get out in the world and experience some things. So I want to know a little bit more about what your journey has been like this year, post, you know, split, trying to understand a little bit more about 
your your likes, your sexuality, what you really want in a partner, and all that stuff. Are you cool with talking about that journey? Oh yeah. So, <laughs> what were some of the things when you when you first decide, okay, I am ready to make this split, and you started looking? We, we all do that inward work at that point. That's just what happens when we start looking at ourselves and what we need to do differently. So. How did you start kind of going down that path of deciding, all right, here's what I do want rather than what I don't want? I will say my therapist gave me um, a great idea that helped me because, you know, it's like, okay, I know that I'm done. And it's not like I'm done and now I need to go find someone. It's like I'm done. I need to figure my own things out. Mm -hmm. We're clearly not right for each other. We both deserve happiness. What does happiness look like to me? Not yes. what it looks like, not what it looks like to society, what my mother wants or what my ex wanted. And what it was is that, like, like I said before, this five years of this really personal development, I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted my career and how I wanted to improve as a person, but how do I want mm-hmm. to improve in a relationship? Mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, this is different. Right. Before it was just like me. It was, it was like me, me, me. And some of my relationships, how I can do better, but romantic relationships sexually, I'm like, I see now that I was sexually repressed. I was mm-hmm. there were parts of it. I just didn't know, you know, my ex and I just didn't, we didn't have those discussions. It's crazy to be with someone for so long and not have those discussions. Oh my gosh, you're so not alone in that. I mean, I hear it all the time from people who've been together for years, decades even, and they don't discuss sex. No, it was like, it was, it was like, it was, which I, you know, we have three kids and there were times that it was good. Now I'm having the best sex of my life now, but that's just because I'm open and I'm communicating with my current partner. And in fact, all my partners last year, I communicated. And this is why my friends who were single were like, how are you having such good sex on the first go round? It's because I'm communicating. <gasps> ding, ding, ding. If you talk about sex before you have sex, you might have better sex. Oh my gosh, shocker. And it's one of those things. So it's like, okay, so to your question, it was like, okay, now what do, what do I want and what I don't want? One thing, I, you know, I, with my ex, I was like, okay, I know what I do want and a romantic partner. And I kept thinking romantic, romantic. And my therapist said, no, no, no. You make a list of 60 things do you want? She goes, 60. She goes, you'll, I, I will give you my blessing to date. You can go up with 60 things of our partner, anything. So I took a weekend and I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I want somebody that's cool if I'm going to go out and be with the girls for a while mm-hmm. and not be constantly pull up my phone. It was like, she goes, every little thing you can think of. Because first I thought, 60, oh my gosh. She goes, <laughs> you start thinking about it. Every little thing. They're going to like your kids. They're going to be into this. Or maybe they're not going to be into this. And maybe like my painting, painting's just for me. They don't have to be into every single thing that I'm into. Or, um, and I want them to have their own interests and hobbies outside of things that we do together and separate things. And someone who now studies self-care, I know that's incredibly important. But then she said, then we're going to pull from that list and we're going to pull eight to 10 things for Mr. Right Now. She goes, you're not looking for Mm. Mr. Right. It's Mr. Right Now. Yes. Who can meet your needs right now? So that's what we did. So I did my list and we pulled. And it was interesting when I started to really think about this list, it seemed so simple. But yet, you know, when I was dating last year, men couldn't believe it. They could not believe what I was asking for. They they kept saying, it's not real. You're not real. I got <laughs> and it, I think it's because I was actually communicating. 
hey, this is what I'm looking for. Can you provide these needs for me at this moment? I'm not asking for commitment. What I'm asking for, honestly, was great conversation, stimulating conversation. I am a sapiosexual. So mm-hmm. that's really important. So one thing about this was learning what I was into. I kind of knew I was a bit of a sapiosexual when I was reading books from psychologists and getting turned on a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> this book's about mental health. Why am I so turned on? What he's talking about right now? They got your brain all turned on. No. And so, um, so a lot of it was, okay, so going to her with that and pulling out those and then really thinking about Mr. Right now. Okay. I know what my needs are, but what can they do right now? And do I really need these needs met or that's just a bonus? And so it's like, okay, cause I have great sex toys. I have toys that I can take care of myself. So it's like, what else beyond sex? The sex would be great. Well, that was what it was conversation. I like to have good conversations about all kinds of things, stupid shit, interesting shit. I mean, everything from are there aliens to, you know, let's talk about the latest Marvel movie. I mean, anything. Mm -hmm. And so it was looking at that and telling guys, I want great conversation. I want somebody who um, is kind, someone who respects my time, somebody who, um, honestly is willing to please me. We go, Mm -hmm. go to their place and I'm like, your job, I have, I have companies, I have kids, I'm going through a divorce. Your job is to help me de-stress. You get the pleasure of helping me de-stress and that's whether that's feeding, feeding me food. So feed me, give me orgasms and conversation. That's all I need. And we can text on occasion if you, you know, and just kind of be open if that led to more, but really keeping it open saying this is what I need and again that's so simple conversation great sex and basically feed me you know and whether we watch movies just basically just entertain me distract me in a very simple way I guess it's also mm-hmm. times but it wasn't like don't just spend money on me if if we have good conversation and a good connection we don't need to spend money and especially now. So it's like, okay, what can you do? To, so some guys, I mean, some guys went all out full body. Mas- one guy gave me a full body massage and was feeding me ice cream. Oh, I love it. He gave me the ice cream. He, he went and picked out my favorite ice cream because he asked me beforehand. So I thought we were going to go, go get ice cream and he's mm-hmm. he out candles and massage oils. And he's like literally spoon feeding me ice cream as I'm being <gasps> massaged. Like I love that. Another guy got a hotel room for us and because I wanted to have sex on the balcony and he was like I want to do this fantasy for you and he made the room with candles and did like did the music and then like totally like we romanced me and then we had sex on the balcony it was fantastic yes I love it yeah right so it was just like expressing to these men and I think a lot of it too was my sexual repression um I have read the art of seduction so I know what I am mm-hmm. I, 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 am Byron. <laughs> um, I love that I love it and and so but early on it was just really like okay if I'm gonna do this what am I gonna do differently I'm going to communicate what I need I don't have time for these quote-unquote games and as I said before I match energy and I will tell them that I match your energy mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. put a little bit of effort and see where you go and then go from there um and then just being open-minded and some guys straightforward would, would say I'm only looking for a friends of benefits and then I'm like an, it's interesting how we make the men like the man decides and mm-hmm. I'm like well and then, then he's like you're cool with that and I'm like I don't know and they would kind of be you don't know well yeah I get to decide <laughs> right 
Like, uh, I get to, like one guy was like, I don't know if this is going anywhere to a relationship. And I'm like, did I ask for a relationship? I never asked for that. I asked for your time and your company. You seem really cool. Let's hang out, have good conversation, and hopefully great sex and eat some tacos and go home. Like, I don't understand. Bingo. Like, did he say at the beginning he was looking for a relationship? No. What's interesting is some of these guys. Bingo. There you go. Yeah. That's what it is. I think so much these guys, they're not used to what I found, a woman being so open. It kind of took them aback. It, it did. It took them back. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. kind of a, they're like, what's, what's the catch? There is no. I it, totally had the same thing when I was out dating because I like you learned that I needed to be incredibly communicative, especially if I wanted to get out there and have some good sex. You know what you were talking about, how your friends asking you, how are you having all this great sex, like right out of the gate with a new partner? It it 100% comes down to telling him what I wanted, telling him what I didn't want, you know, making that consent talk sexy by, you know, just kind of either through text or phone calls or in person you know, talking about what I liked and what I didn't like, but do it in a, you know, it was like sexy talk, kind of like building up to it, you know, and and learning that I'm in charge of my orgasm. It's not me depending upon him to give it to me. Right. That was the thing. It was all like, people were all like, you know, oh, you just need a man. Like, no, I actually don't need a man. I have great sex toys and I have fabulous, you know, online websites that they go and I swear by their products. Like, no, no, that's, that's not it. I want a man because I want that connection. And I also, me being in me, I was like, okay, this is immersion therapy. This is a case study. <laughs> yes. to, to, so it was like, I literally have a journal and I'm all like, okay, what could I, because I'm every date I went on, like, what can I learn about myself? And it wasn't like, I have to heal from my past emotional abuse and things like this and quickly, but it also in a way it's like, okay. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. And it was like, okay, so for instance, I thought maybe I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I'm doing this, maybe I'm doing this for attention. So I paid, mm-hmm. paid, because I did a, a question. You have you have to question yourself and yes, you have to get hard with you. I'm like, okay, it makes sense, Kristen, if you want the attention. You weren't given attention. So it makes sense. Don't feel bad about it if you want the attention. But you need to understand the health what's healthy and what's not. Yes. And so um or right out of the gate. So what I did just, again, I've been one giant experiment to myself. I went on, <laughs> I went on Tinder and I paid to see who would like me first. Now I don't like. Mm. Some friends have said they had like a lot better experiences on Tinder when they paid for that service. Yes. So that was my thing. I was all like, you know what? I don't want to send her swiping. I want to see who likes me first. And then I can decide from there instead of swiping and then hoping that we match. I'm like, I want mm-hmm. to see her into me first. Uh, girl, uh, in three weeks, I had 4,232 likes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. Three li- I had 1,000 likes in three days. And I remember like hitting up my friends and it was like a joke. They were all like, how much was it at today? And I know I traveled in that time, but still it was basically in the state of Missouri. And mm-hmm. it was like, what is happening? And what it was is that I posted and people were like, how are you? It, it was way too many, way too many Ds, way too many saucers. It was overwhelming, but it was, it was, it was great for my ego, but it was like, whoa, okay. Obviously I, and that's when I started to realize that I have a very sensual and sexual energy to me that I had mm-hmm. not tapped into, that I needed to tap into. And now I'm learning into tap, how to tap that into other parts of my life and not just mm-hmm. sexually, which is interesting. Um, I could do a whole thing about that. Tap it into sensuality when it comes to business. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, tapping into that feminine energy. Absolutely. Yeah. That divine feminine and really mm-hmm. 
embracing her. But yeah, no, over 4,000. And I was just like, okay, I think I'm going to do okay. Not that I really needed the assurance, but it was also like, okay. I obviously had something. And, and people, what it was is I did a very clever bio. And it was, it wasn't always the photos. People would comment and say my bio. It was mm-hmm. like, a, like a recipe. And it was like Marilyn Monroe curves with like Audrey Hepburn sweetness with the mind of Michelle Obama and Amy Schumer combined. So it's like, you've got the intelligence, you've got the dirtiness, you've got the sweetness and you've got the sexy curves. That's what did like, so something clever like that with like, I think a gym photo with the booty popping, a dress photo, and then just like two casual photos of me. And anyways, it was, it was like, whoa, okay. I've obviously got something that I need. So then I really started to dive into it and I did fell for the first guy on the very first date. Uh, we're exclusive for a month but honestly that whole month with with him learned I learned a ton because mm-hmm. I learned <laughs> learned about the firework where that first yeah. kiss is like it's all this sexual chemistry because that's all it is and it's very intense you think oh my gosh this is amazing this is like this could be something more and it's not it's a firework it starts out hot and then it fizzles yeah so, yeah so learning about that right away and then realizing that whole month and then getting my heart broken in that month and really learning that's when I really learned about myself after my first little heartbreak Mm -hmm. uh because I got so attached that first month because he was giving me so much attention and again I just right out of the gate knew nothing and rebounds are real oh yeah (laughs) you know I don't and again I don't I hope he's doing well but it's like yeah it was like wow he taught me so much he really kind of opened the door for yeah. the, for me so I'm grateful for that that's and, beautiful yeah because I mean I, I had to have that because then after that I really started looking to more of a rotation lifestyle and and realizing mm-hmm. that, realizing that I didn't need you know that what, what was the purpose of him what was he feeling well he was just kind of he wasn't it was the attention was nice. And that was me looking into what kind of attention is healthy. What do I really want? How can I communicate? Cause I somewhat communicated my needs with him, but not as much. And then after that, it was like, I need to get clear with these guys. So I protect my emotions, their emotions. I have got to get my personal shit in order. And I, don't, yes. I don't have time for this emotional enthralling drama that comes with our emotions. Not that that's not a bad thing, but I'm like, I need to keep this in check because <laughs> empath. Everything's going to feel stronger to me. You and I have so much in common, for real. Like, <laughs> I, for the listeners, wrote, when she talked about the rotation lifestyle, I've also done the rotation lifestyle. I also call it harem life. Yeah. Where it's, you just have your folks that, you know, like maybe this week you're feeling like one person and the next day, it's sort of like some days you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Um, or you have four in a week, like I did. Like, yeah, yeah. Two in a day. No, no judgment. I mean, there were times where friends or coworkers or whatever that I may have opened up to were like, how do you keep track of this? I'm like, I keep a very detailed Google calendar. Yeah. Like I just very much... I mean, I didn't, I should have done that. I should have. Cause at one point it's, it could get hard. It really could get hard to keep them all straight sometimes. Or, or there's times where I'm like, I just don't have the energy this week. I'll just see who reaches out to me. And yeah. then that's just who I happen to like share energies with. But you, you touched on something really important there, which is about making sure that you communicate really, really clearly so that neither of you get hurt. Cause if you know what you want and it doesn't match what they want, you need to be cautious because 
it, it isn't just about protecting our hearts. You need to be a good human and protect theirs too. Like, don't be letting people fall for you if you are not looking for something long term with them. Yes. You know, if you are wasting their time, that's time they could be out there finding someone that better matches them. So be really clear so that everyone is it's informed consent at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, I read the book, The Ethical Slut. So I call myself a caring slut. I was like, I, you know, I care to an extent, like I wish you well, like I don't wish any ill on any people, anyone that I was with, whether they hurt me or not. Um, some people, it was all like, I did have one guy that I did ruin and I'll share about that in a minute. Cause it was just, um, we had sex. He's a doctor and, um, he led me on. And so we had, we did, we did, we had sex in his office and now he still texts me about that. I'm like, good. I, I hope I ruined you. <laughs> <laughs> I had sex in a lawyer's office one I time. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm a bit of an exhibitionist. That's another thing too, was learning what my kinks were. And, mm-hmm. and so I did, I was like, okay, got my heart broken. Now really get into this case study. And so I just started to talk to guys. I started to implement a phone call rule where they have to do a mm-hmm. phone call with me. Yes. Yes. I'm so big on the phone call or video chat rule before a first in-person date. Thank you for saying that you do that. Yes. Because it was like, I'm thinking, I don't want, I've been on one or two dates and it was all like, why am I getting ready doing all this stuff for this time? And my thing, my thing was time. And like, Mm -hmm. it's it's so important. It's the most valuable currency we have besides our energy and our energy. We can replenish, but we can't get the original source back. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So I did, I kind of went in kind of like a CEO mode. I was like, okay, when I'm doing my business and I'm doing things and I'm, I'm crushing it, how can I apply this into dating? So yeah, I was, I was like, and I would say to them, your time is valuable. Your energy is valuable. I don't want to waste either one of our time. Let's do a 20 minute phone call. Cause if we can't vibe on the phone, we're not going to vibe in person. Mm-hmm. And that saved me so much. And some guys, one guy was a primal dom and oh. I just got into the BDSM space. Like I just got into it. Cause I had been seeing a guy that had a foot fetish. So mm-hmm. I was exploring that. And so he told me about this quiz. So I'm literally just on the cusp of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think we're going to match, but could you give me an hour of your time and could you educate me about what it means to be a primal dom? He absolutely loved it. He goes, you want to know? I said, yeah, educate me. I'm here to learn. I want to learn about this side of it. And so he got, he, I'm not a brat, but he thought I was, he got a little turned on. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm cause I'm such a smart ass. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just, cause he would say, do this. And I'm like, now I'm a switch. So it's same. Yeah. So it was like, but still it was opening. It was opening that door. And then some of these guys, like I said, just talking to them, like they're a human being and a person, not that they're a fuck boy. Yep. And just be like, Hey, I don't think we're going to vibe. You know what? You seem really cool. You know what? I'm going to, whatever business they're into, I'm going to follow you or whatever. And I wish you the best. Um, some guys, I mean, I have a couple good guy friends now that we, we did, we, we slept together. We're kind of like, you know what? I think I much rather have you as a friend and not like screw this up. Like, you know, like I want you long-term as a friend. So one of them is a flight attendant for an airline. We've never met each other, but still it's like been able to have realizing I can have male friends mm-hmm. realizing that we're made for connections of various kind, not just romantically. And there's so much between the spark for infatuation, 
first actually liking someone, between, between deeply caring, between loving someone. There's mm-hmm. it's such a gradient scale and we're so black and white. It's like we're friends or we're like deeply in love. And I'm like, no, there's so much in between. So I decided I'm like, I'm going to be I'm going to be open to what comes my way, what the universe brings me, but these are my needs that need to be met at this moment. And I had guys that would meet those needs. Some guys, it was like a one-time thing. Hey, I had this fantasy. Could you do it for me? And they, I mean, they, they jump at the chance to like, Oh, I I will show you how good I am. I will show you this. And they have to prove, Oh, I'm the best at oral. Okay. Let's see what you got, you know? And it's interesting. I think because of my background, it's not that I was, painting the sad story but I was just being honest like look I'm very new to this I'm I'm basically wanting to explore my sexuality will you help me with this and they were you know they were great again keeping things in line with COVID um mm-hmm. one guy he is a doctor at KU and we hit it off really well and we planned a date and the day before the date he got a fever and mm-hmm. I said nope I said, you know, he agreed next day he ended up with COVID, but what's interesting is that after that, he pretty much cut off all communication. I thought we could still talk. I thought it's only two weeks, two or three weeks, maybe a month. Mm-hmm. He basically just like cut me off. I'm like, that's fine. He's like, I think I'm just done with dating in general. I'm like, that's fine. People have Tesla, black and white thinking about stuff. Oh, I'm done. So I, no, you're not done. You're just pissed off that you have COVID right now. And you obviously aren't going to be getting some for a few weeks. So yeah. yeah, but whatever, but that's fine. Because then I was like, you know what? That saved me. That saved me and mm-hmm. reje- in a way it's a, re- it's a rejection. So rejection is protection and it just opens you up for something more. And if I hadn't, I mean, gosh, if I hadn't have, I think about the, if I hadn't have asked for a divorce and I hadn't started dating and I hadn't started what I'm doing, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be, oh my gosh, writing this, writing my books actually inspired to write. I wouldn't be in this really cool vibe ship I'm in right now. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the friends that I have. Like I said, I have legit guy friends now that I can talk to. We can Mm -hmm. do memes and stuff. And it's just straight up friendship. And it's so nice to get a male's perspective from things. And the sexual part is out of it. Now, they might want to sleep with me and I might want to sleep with them. And that would be our choice if we did that in the future. But it's in in separating that emotion from the sexual. It's interesting. I didn't know if I could, I didn't know if I was that type of person. I always thought I was a bit of a romantic and I am a romantic, but now I can see how I can compartmentalize mm-hmm. and just be like, okay, you know what? I, I basically, yeah, I want, I want some, I want some cuddles. I want some good sex and you're going to feed me and maybe we'll watch a movie and then I'm going to go home or not. I could just, one guy, literally he was waiting in bed for me. He would just open up the covers. I would take my clothes off and jump in and we would snuggle and have sex. And it was great. And then, you know, we would snuggle a little bit and maybe he could get us a drink and some snacks and we might watch a little reality TV, have some more sex. And within two hours or so, I was on my way home. I'm like, that was nice. It was a nice little break just to have some intimacy. And we understood each other, mm-hmm. um, you know. It, it, hey, it works until it doesn't work anymore, right? If it's right. even if it's for a month or a couple months, whatever, if you are fine with it in the moment, go with it until you're not cool with it anymore. Yes. I and then be honest about it. Yes. That's what I told people. All I ask is for complete honesty, which is why I'm glad my friends are better. All, all of them have confessed they're in love with me. I'm like, I think it's just an infatuation, but sure, I get it. Um, that's very common to be in the infatuation state and think that you're in love. I've been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, and especially if you are able to 
communicate and connect with them on a level that they've not experienced from other women. Cause like you said, I kind of got the same thing where guys were like, are you legit? Like, is this, when's the bubble going to burst? Are you really this person? You're hearing that too, because there truly are so few people out there who are open enough and vulnerable enough to communicate what it is they need without fearing rejection. Or even if you do experience rejection, when you say what you need, again, they did you a favor. They do you a favor when they reject you when you say what you need and they don't want to give it to you. Right. I think if people realize that they, they might not, I understand sometimes we get into the scarcity mindset mm-hmm. of not going to be, but if we really come at from a place of abundance, like, no, there's really options. So a lot of these guys are like, okay, and it is, it's like a social experiment. Like, okay, I liked this quality about this guy, but I didn't really like this. So in my head, I'm kind of been tailoring so when I do look for Mr. Right or he, I'm not really looking, when he appears, I'm not looking, when he appears, then I know like, oh, he checks out these boxes, but these are the quality, these are the main components. Cause no one I feel like is going to check off all your boxes. You should check off all your boxes. Yes. And, and then it's like, th- what, what do they have to complement what's inside those boxes? So it's like, okay, I want someone, somebody to conversation is very important to me and I want somebody who's also very kind right and mm-hmm. gives a shit about the world right so I would mm-hmm. ask, I'm like what do you give a shit about that's not you and they go what I go outside of yourself what do you give a shit about oh that's a great question to ask people love it you're right because then they made some think they're like well I care about animals okay tell me what are you doing are you an activist or do you volunteer what do you do because I'm very big now especially in the world we're in if you're that passionate and you put stuff on Facebook then you need to do your part in some way to change the world and yes social media and I ask that all doesn't matter what your view is if people are really passionate I'll say oh so you're gonna run for office or you're gonna run for city council or whatever and they're kind of looking mm-hmm. And I'll say, no, no, if you're that passionate. So yeah, I did. I started asking him, I want someone that actually gave a shit about something other than themselves. Someone who understand the importance of a woman's pleasure. Mm-hmm. So it was like men that would say, what are you into? Oh, I'm into BJs. Okay. And now, about- <laughs> who is it if you have a penis? Right. I'm like, that. If, if that's your extent of your communication is I'm into BJs, then I'm not interested. Also, if you can't say blow I don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah you can't say blowjob you can't say oral sex or I, you I love getting my dick sucked and I love eating pussy like if you can't say those things right exactly you're not on my level right because that's my thing I'm like I I do I like sexting I believe that foreplay starts before you even see each other mm-hmm. there's, there's ways you can do it I'm into really into gifts right now finding gifts of certain fantasies I don't want to do and sending to my partner like maybe we should try this and also I'm a, I'm a big, yeah, it is like knowing what our kinks are. I'm like, we're getting ready to go on a trip together. And so for a whole week, I'm so excited. And so, um, it's like knowing what his fantasies are and he's mine. It's like, there's that safe space to be sexually open and to explore things. And now that that safe space is there, it's like, oh, you know what? I saw this. I was thinking about him. I'm going to say, Hey, we should try this sometime. In, in, in whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, it's all because of having that open the communication and just being, just being real with people. God, just be real. Just be mm-hmm. like, look, I, I want this. I want that. And I do believe I see this a lot on TikTok cause I'm big on TikTok and I follow these dating stuff and I do teach a self-care course right now. And we just went over connection. 
Like mm-hmm. it was a really good course. Like everyone there was, I'm glad they found value in what I had to say. Cause this is still very new to me, but it's becoming kind of a passion of mine is because I'm currently in it. I'm sure. And that's why, but we have this thing that, codependency is toxic independency being being independent is a good thing and it's the best thing but what about interdependence and interdependence is a relationship that we all want that's basically where you have your own identity and then you merge to to balance each other out to work together to complement each other mm-hmm. uh, so much of this I don't need a man. Well, you know, you don't need a man, but it's okay to want connection. We're wired and to want intimacy of various kinds and that's okay. And I think I, I'm very much for women that you have, or and men, anyone, you don't need anyone, but it's okay to want. It's okay yes. to want connection. We, I think right now people are just, which I, I mean, I am all 1000% for girl, girl, boy, however you identify, you go, you go do your dreams, but don't be ashamed if you want connection, if you want more, if you, if you want the cuddles or if you just want the sex, or maybe you don't want any of that. And you just want good conversation into someone just to be with you while you watch new girl for the 500th time. (laughs) That's okay. I think, I think what I'm noticing, and again, very new to the dating is just, it's very much like, well, that, you know, I, I don't know them, but I'm going to assume they're a fuck boy or they're a fuck girl and they're going to play with me. So I'm going to go ahead and have my guard up and I'm just going to go in and just play all play these games with them. And it's like, or you could just be open, talk to them for a little bit. And if they, if you don't vibe, then just next, there are plenty of options out there. There really are. It's just, you have to be open to them. You have to be open to the connections, get out of your head and just know what you want. And if they don't meet your needs, that's okay. There will be someone that meets your needs out there. Um, Because I truly believe that because every time I've gotten rejected, it's something better has come along in some way. Oh my God. You are singing my song. Right? It's just not like, okay, that didn't work out. And then boom, what do you know? Like a week later, like some other guy, I'm like, hey, this is cool. Or someone that's just straight up a friend. I mean, I had a guy once that drove two and a half hours to be with me. It's like interesting, you know, and I've the vibe of a man now, he lives thousands of miles away, but he's still in the state of Missouri. And like, we're, we're talking about how we're going to make it work. We're in, in our vibe ship. It's technically like an open relationship, but we've just agreed that it's all about communication. So you've mentioned this vibe ship a couple times, and I love the way that you describe it as a vibe ship because you're at the point where it's not a relationship. It's not got like the parameters that a lot of traditional people, you know, would put on for a relationship, but it's a, what you've described it as is kind of like you are enjoying where you're at. You're being very present and you're enjoying the vibe you have together. Yes. Um, so this concept is really new to me, but I'm obsessed with it now. And now I tell people all about it. In fact, I'm sure I'm doing TikToks about it. I'm sure her soon, <laughs> but, um, so Yes, we, so, gosh, it's been like, so it was right before Thanksgiving, I matched with this guy, he's not from this area, so I honestly thought, in my head, I'm going to give him, we're going to have such a great time, that every time he's in KC, he's going to think about me, he's going to hit me up, because he's hot, and uh-huh. so, let's just do, and I'm, I was going to be, like, I was honest, like, we basically talked, like, yeah, like, we, he did the whole phone thing, we talked, it turns out we had a lot in common as entrepreneurs, and our mindset and outlook on life, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, this is really cool, 
he's texting me right now. Of course he is. Cause I'm talking about him. <laughs> um, but that's the other thing too, is that we talk, we've talked every day since November 23rd. We're like, yeah, but th- this is how the evolution is. Is a thing. It's like, we just, I was open. I'm like, okay. I told him what my end goal was. I'm like, look, my end goal is the power couple that is, you know, going out there and slaying it and, you know, giving back to the world. And then at night, they're having a little fun on their own, all right? Like, Hell yeah. Right. It was all like, you know, like power couple by day, kiki couple by night. Like that's like, that's the dream. And so I told him that, but I'm like, that's my end goal. I said, but right now this is what I need. And I said, I know you're not from here. So let's just go out and have a good time. We seem to connect really well. Who knows? I honestly thought we would see each other maybe once or twice. And then maybe we would just talk and it might turn more into like a friendship or just because we're both entrepreneurs just kind of supporting each other and so but on that first date we've really talked about this it's like uh actually just here recently it's like we felt something more but we're like we're both cautious we're both very intelligent people and we know that um it's not healthy to rush into the relationship and i actually put it we don't know each other why right. put the label to us a relationship meant it was serious? I'm making a commitment to you that I'm considering you to be my partner, whatever that looks like. And so we both were just kind of like, you know, we don't need the labels. Um, we just want to follow this connection because we make each other happy. And as we said the other day, as long as we make each other happy, this can go on forever. We don't care. Um, and that we're open to just communication and building that foundation. I think it was around the third date. He's like, I see the potential of a relationship. And I will say, ladies and gents, he said to me first that he saw more than just a one-time thing. And then he said to me first that he saw potential of a relationship, which checked off my box, means he can communicate his feelings. <laughs> he mm-hmm. need. So that was like even more of a turn. I'm like, wow, he's he's able to have that emotional intelligence to express himself. So we, we did, we thoroughly talked about it. Cause at first I was a little freaked out. I'm like, what is this? What's next? Oh my God. Are we a couple now? And he's like, no, he's like, you need to give it time. And I'm like, you're right. Slow burn. I'm used mm-hmm. to the works. I'm used to, which is fine. I just had never had this connection. It's like, okay, I, I want to explore this, but it really is not healthy for me to boom. I've got a boyfriend. Cause to me from my life, that means does he meet my kids? What about my ex? What about my family? I'm like, no, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. I, j- I just enjoy his company. He's really cool. And we have great sex and, um, that just keeps getting better and better. And, um, so then my friend said to me, she goes, she's like, I said, I was like, I don't want to say situationship. That's so negative. We're both happy, but it's been like three or four weeks and I don't know where we're at. And she goes, girl, you're in a vibe ship. And I thought, that sounds so beautiful and so simple and how we complicate things so much by putting labels because then there's, there's subconscious expectations there Yes, that we don't communicate. Right. Because I've had to do that too. Like in this vibe ship, like if I was one time I didn't hear from him till like one o'clock and usually I hear from him every morning. I was like, oh, how dare he not text me? And I'm all like, okay, hold up, hold up. And it was a reality check. I'm all like, you can text him hello because that's what I told him. I was like, look, I like you. When I when I want to text you, I'll text you. It's that simple. Um, when I, you know, and if I'm busy, I'll be courteous and say, like right now, I said, hey, I'm doing a podcast. He was like, go get it, babe, kissy face, you know, whatever. And it's like we get to decide the pace. We get to decide what we are, and we've agreed this relationship is more than sex. We don't know where it's going to go, but we're taking our time to build a solid foundation and we're not letting what society says, oh, you're in a, you're an official relationship. No, we're calling it a vibe ship because we're just happy with each other's vibes right now. And as long as we make each other happy, 
that's the goal. And I mean, there's not, there's going to be days where we're going to probably, I know we are, we're going to argue and whatever and not get along. But as long as there's more happy days than bad days, then I'm cool with it. Just enjoying this connection, getting to know him and getting to know me. We're at the point now that, um, so we're getting ready to go on a trip together and Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's always what it is. It's really cool because it's like, I can feel it. I can feel society, you know, in my head what society says, oh, well, you're in a relationship and you know, all this. No, 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 no. Slow it down. You, you, you're building a solid, essentially friendship. Mm-hmm. With great sex, but friends with benefits also seems too casual because we are yeah. emotionally connected. We've agreed. We have a soul connection. And so like, we don't know how long it's going to last, but we just want to savor it in the moment and not worry about the future and what it looks like to other people we're the only ones that need to know what it looks like. And so, you know, we have talked, we've talked about even being open, you know, it's like, you know, when he travels or I travel, he even said the other day, which I so appreciate. He's like, you were sexually repressed for so long when I'm on the road. I just want to know that you're happy sexually when I'm out kicking ass with my job, babe, as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. I will be your emotional rock. And if you need to go have your sexual needs met while I'm away, I'm okay with that. Cause I want you happy. I'm like, who are you, sir? <laughs> are you in a corn? But it, it, it's like the choice. Like we're both exclusive now, but it's by choice. But just being honest, like I knew he was talking to other women. I'm like, that's cool because you know what? You're talking to them, but guess who you're sleeping with tomorrow night? Uh, me. It's okay. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like in this moment, when we're together, we're together. And mm-hmm. and and giving each other the time and energy to really just take me again. Just I think people just rush into the, I had to a guy friend of mine. We he, he met a girl around the exact same time that I met the guy I'm in the vibe ship with. And she, I mean, he met her friends and family. They met each other's parents and everything. And within a month it was done. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what did I do? This is this. And I didn't want to be rude, but I thought maybe you rushed it. I get yeah, it. Burn too hot and fast. Like you said, right. I was like, I got it. You got excited because it just felt so, it felt so good. And that's what I tell people now I do it now when I, after I leave him and I've all have all these feelings, I journal it out and it brings me back to reality. Honestly, it's great mm-hmm. stuff for my romance novel, but it's like, I get it. Mm. So in the moment, like, Oh my person's amazing. This is this. And it's like, okay, wait, reality check, like write this out, write how you feel in the moment, get that out. And then how do you feel afterwards? Do you still feel the same? Because feelings come and go. And that's mm-hmm. to embrace those feelings, but knowing, okay, in the moment, I'm feeling all these heart feelings and these feelings of, of love. Is it love or is it lust? Is yeah. it, you know, and it's an infatuation. And then that's why I said there's such a gamut of the spark to actually what love really is. And realize- and you do have to give it time to feel, to decide what really is real and what's long lasting. And you've got to inspect for what you expect as you go through time and experiences with this person. Yeah. All right. of it. Right, right. All of it. So that's why I really like the vibe shift because like it, it allows that to slow things mm-hmm. down. It's like, okay, clearly, yeah, you're more than a friend that I'm just going to hit up, you know, send a funny meme to on occasion. Then we meet up and fuck once every so often type of situation. I'm like, it's more than that, but it's definitely not like, oh, you've got it. I mean, we've talked about me going to see him and him coming to my family farm at some point. Um, but just to, yeah, take our, just take our time. Mm-hmm. I get it. People, 
you you don't want to waste time, but then at the same time, you also want to, it depends on the right person. So like for him, I made the choice to slow down the rotation also because I'm also wanting to make some, some crushing some serious money right now with my company. And I'm like, I don't have time to be curating all these connections. Yeah. But my rotation, they're super cool guys. They were like, Hey, you do what you got to do. You know, I'm here if it, if it doesn't go well. I'm like, thank you. And it is true. Like they checked me the other day, like, how things still going? And then when I start back up and I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm like, okay, well, you know where I'm at. I'm like, yep. Have a good day, sir. I know exactly. And they were cool with it. So, yeah. Cause I had, of course I worked to curate that list of that could handle that, you know? Yes, they say, exactly. They say they can handle it and they say that, but they, again, they're emotional creatures too. So that's why I'm always like, Hey, I care about, I was on the caring slit. I care about you too. Can, as a human being, can you sure you can handle this lifestyle? And they all say they can. And some of them just can't. And that's okay. That's okay. It's not for everybody. You have to definitely be in a certain mindset about it and know, like for these two or three hours, I'm going to, I'm going to let go and I'm mm -hmm. going to just give love give in, in various ways. And then I'm going to close it off. I'm going to decompress, close it off. And then I'm going to, honestly, I'm going to journal about it. I'm going to really think about what did I learn from it? What was I into, not into, um, and how did, how did this make me feel? And so, yeah, a lot of this has just been one giant experiment. Like I said, and the person I'm with now, it didn't, I didn't plan to be this way. I, I'm exclusive right now by choice. I mean, there probably will come a time where I'm like, you know what? Maybe there's a particular fantasy that he doesn't want to do that I want to do. Mm -hmm. Then we can take mm -hmm. that and then I can go find someone for that fantasy. Perfect. Um, you know, it's it's so interesting. Yeah. But people, everyone around me is so confused or like, he's your boyfriend. I'm like, eh. Well, I, I say, I say, I just say fine because they don't understand. I understand they're yeah. kind of a more uh, traditional mindset and they're not. Yes. Seen, and so I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Or we're, I just say we're dating. They're like, okay, cool. You know, and then go with that. But I don't even really say that to him, but we have, I mean, we, it takes a ton of communication of just saying, okay, I don't want to waste. We see the potential for more. So we're taking our time with it. Yeah. If it ever comes that it's not that way, we're going to communicate with each other that it's just maybe turn more into a friendship. Cause like I told him, mm -hmm. I want to support you. I do. We care about each other. So it's like, I want to support you, whether I'm beside you or I'm across the room cheering you on. Like, yeah, we're going to be, I love that. We're going to be adults about it. And I, if anybody, I will say this, this is, this isn't a way to trick a man, but this is just a heads up for ladies that we always think that the, the man has to romance the woman, romance the man. Yes. And I tell you what, they have, and because some of these guys, I've just straight up asked them again, basically taking like doing a case study. And some of these guys, they'll say, like, I like it when the girl makes the move and she does the first text. I like it when she tells me that she's thinking of me. I don't like it that the pressure's always on me mm -hmm. to woo or whatever. And so that was my thing with the guy I'm with now. I joke, I'm like, I'm romancing his pants off. Um, I think wooing is a two way street. I got my guy flowers earlier this year. I mean, they were just a nicer grocery store bouquet because, you know, I just wasn't going to stop by a florist, but he loved them. And I don't think he'd ever gotten flowers from a girl before. Right. Like this, like, okay. So I wrote the guy that on our, like our two months or whatever, honestly, I, this is the thing. I thought he was leaving. He's still here. I'm not complaining, but he hasn't left yet. I, I'm not <laughs> part of it, but, um, 
but I thought he was leaving. So I wrote him this letter, just thanking him for the two months of what he had taught me, how he helped me raise the bar. Like he did because my bar, my, my, what? Oh my girl, my bar was so low. It was so low. And I knew it was going to be, and I couldn't be mad at myself. I knew it was going to be. I'm like, you know what? This is giving myself self-compassion, self-love and grace. You're going to learn. That's why everything's been a learning experience as I go. Like perfect example. I had a bad day the other day and I went over there and he had two, the old school TV trays with McDonald's and Dairy Queen. Uh, out for us um and then he's like what do you want to watch and I was all like wow you're asking asking me and I'm like well Shit's Creek's on he's like I love Shit's Creek let's make it our show I'm like cool we have a show now cool so like we started watching it and then he went and got out this like this massage oil stuff massaged my back my feet everything when we watched the show and just like he's I and then here's a, this is the kicker I said I had a headache which I did and I was getting ready to go through the medicine. As I'm going through my stuff to get my ibuprofen, he hands me, I look down and there's his hand with ibuprofen and tea. He's like, here, I said, what's this? I joked. I was like, you don't have to roofie me for sex. <laughs> and he goes, no, babe, you said you had a headache. So I wanted to get this for you. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh my God, he heard what I said. I just said it in passing. He took it as I'm going to take care of her needs and I'm going to go get her some medicine for her. Like I wasn't used to that type of kindness. Mm -hmm. It was like a reality. I'm like, wow. I'm thinking, no, Kristen, eventually these type of things are going to happen and you won't have to call your girlfriend saying, guess what he did for me? Because it's the standard. You should. Right. Because like you said, your bar was so low. Your expectations were shot. Yeah. So it was all, that's what I, I mean, that's what I would tell guys. I'm like, I was literally scraping the barrel. I was never complimented for anything unless I was only complimented if the house was clean. (laughs) Because that's exactly what we want a compliment on all the time is our housekeeping skills. Right. Especially when you've got three kids running around too. And just like one of them with special needs who just doesn't give a shit, which is good and bad. Um, I'm glad that he doesn't give a shit, but sometimes I'm like, dude, you, you got to pick up after yourself, <laughs> but, but still, yeah, that's, I was only compliment. I had to fish for compliments. You know, this is what my love language is affirmations and physical touch, mm-hmm. knowing that, and then knowing how to, okay, you know, men are going to say certain things that is fine, but what is their action? It's mm-hmm. all about the action. And so like, that was an action. I was just like, Oh my gosh. And then him saying, I like you for who you are. He's all like, I know that you're still discovering parts of yourself because I knew other parts of myself, but not this side of myself, but him identifying and saying that I like you for who you are was big. And he doesn't compliment me a lot of my looks. A lot of it is I'll send him my writing. He's like, this is a fantastic paragraph. And I love the way you describe this. And, you know, they love that you're so kind and like it feels weird because I'm so used to compliments being about my body and my looks and he does do that on occasion but it's all like <laughs> I asked for it I asked for less compliments about my appearance and now that I get it I'm like I'm confused <laughs> my brain can't compute but that's good because it's teaching me what society is programmed into me and how I can reprogram it and that I don't yeah, I know that I'm pretty. I mean, I, I, we're all we all have such beautiful qualities to ourselves when we are authentically ourselves. And so I'm learning that the more authentic, the more confident I am. That's what I keep telling people. How do you pull these good looking guys? Girls, because I'm confident. 
I know that I don't have to be the prettiest girl in the room. I don't have to be the smartest girl. I have my own uniqueness. I have a warmth. I have an energy that comes to me that's unique to my own. And that's what attracts them. That's what they find intriguing. And to owning that and owning those parts of myself, owning the siren that's in me and embracing her and letting that feminine energy out and also the masculine energy that's in me too, and not being afraid to show that to another male, especially a more, let's say, alpha male, more dominant male. And, and, and having that not feeling threatened, it's like a compliment. It's like a yin and yang. It's very, it's very nice. And so, yeah, it was, it's been, yeah, my bar was so low. And then to just see this person and I'm thinking eventually, Kristen, you won't want to call your girlfriends and share every sweet thing he does because it's just going to be normal. It's going to be Mm -hmm. a normal thing for you. Of course he should be doing this. Of course he should be doing this and that. But yeah, I wrote him this letter just thanking him for this time that we've had together and, you know, just and I did. I was like, you know, I, I want the best for both of us. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to enjoy this vibe trip as long as possible. You know how many times he's in the last two weeks he's mentioned that letter? I don't know how many times. He he loves it. He's like, I like that you write letters. And it was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do in the moment. But he's like, you feel like you're romancing me, you know? And <laughs> like it was like, okay, I got him a letter. I wrote him, actually wrote him for Valentine's Day. And um, yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. And I asked him that. He's like, yeah, guys like to be romance. And I think we, yeah, it, it should be, we should be romancing and wooing each other. This yes. idea of, of the men. I'm like, no, no, no. Men want to know that they're desired and they're wanted and you like them for them. And not that, I mean, if, if you're going after just for the penis, then to come out and just say it. Yeah. But you know, if, if you're open for more and you think there might be more there, then I don't know if you really need to have the, what, what are we discussion? I think it's more of a, Hey, I like you. I, I see this potentially becoming more. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And having it like that, instead of the, what are we, I feel like is kind of negative. And it's kind of triggering. Like plus then you're putting the responsibility on the other person to define it. Saying, what are we, isn't a conversation starter. (laughs) It is a, give me answers. Tell me, tell me what I want to hear. Right. And then the other person is not a mind reader. They're left going like, how am I supposed to answer this? What do they want me to say? You know, what if I do say the wrong thing? What if I put myself out there and it's not what they want? It, Yeah. Right. It's a loaded question. It, it, I like what you said much better is express how you feel. State what you like about the person and about your time together and then go from there. Right. Just like – that's uh, that's one thing with my vibe, like the concept. And he he'll always ask me, "Are you happy?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm like, well, Aww. yeah. I'm that's like, a good check in. Are you happy? Yes. I mean, but it, it, I mean, it was threw me off in the beginning. I was all like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "I just want to make you happy," which is why he says he's open to us being open because he knows what I've been through and he wants to just make sure I'm happy because he cares. And so it's like, wow. Okay. So I ask him, I'm like, "Are you happy?" Yep. Okay. As long as, and he'll say, "Well." And I'll tell him, if I'm not happy, trust me, I will communicate my needs that I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. The only time, and it's interesting too, is because this is it's all learning, the whole not texting back right away. And then I can mm. anxiety building. It's like, okay, this is a good time for me to learn and lesson about the interdependence, about he doesn't, I don't have to be in constant communication with him to know that he likes me <laughs> or that he's into me. Um, you need to go off and do your own thing as well, because 
that's more important than waiting around for a text or whatever it may be. I was all like, do I like this guy or just how he's treating me? Because mm-hmm. if he's treating me well, guess what? So will someone else. So what, mm-hmm. what is it do I like about him, not his actions? His actions are important, but what qualities, what does he bring to the table? What value does he bring to me? Does he bring me value in some way? Is he encouraging? Is he someone who inspires me? Is he someone who makes me laugh? If he ends up causing me more stress and more of this wishy-washy stuff, he's not bringing value. He's bring, He's devaluing. I want yeah. someone who's going to help bring value. So that's what I tell him all the time. I'm like, you bring value to my life at, at this. I always say, I always say at this moment, because I don't want it to be this like for people want it to be forever. And you just don't know how long a connection is going to last. So I just want to savor it while I have it. And if it lasts a long time, then great. But if it doesn't, then it wasn't meant to, because some connections are a day, some are an hour, some are a month, some are six months, some are six years. You don't know, and our brains naturally want to be like, oh, you're my boyfriend now, you're mine forever. Well, you don't know that, and I know that. You know, divorce, you know that. Things happen. Yeah. People yeah. change. And I think one thing I've learned, too, is, you know, is is meeting them right where they are, seeing the potential but not focusing on that, but focusing on where they are and meeting them in this moment, not meeting the not fall in love with the potential, falling in or liking getting into the person that they are at this moment. And this idea of, I get it. We all want to think about the future. It's natural. It's, it's good, but it's like, okay, back to reality. What is it about this person? What value do they bring to my life? And having those questions, like, do you give a shit about things? Because I don't want to be with somebody who is very much self-centered. We're all self-centered in ways. That's fine. That's the ego. That's, that's, that's actually healthy. It's just, I want somebody that actually, you know, gives a shit. And yeah, a lot of introspection, a lot of exploring things sexually, and then kind of just taking stock of things and just, you know, okay, I like this about this guy, but it didn't like this. Okay. Well then, you know, I'll make note of that for the next guy and mm-hmm. what I'm looking for. And it is in a way kind of sh- shaping out what I'm looking for and, and raising that bar and knowing it's okay to be vulnerable. And just the biggest thing I can say is just communication, just communication. is like the number one thing I cannot preach enough with everything, because I think this is what has saved me so much heartache and, and, and saved me from, from getting caught up into things and into the feels because it's great when you're in the moment, but go home for a couple hours, go home for a day or two. And then how, then how do you feel about them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I get it all. Cause I mean, I've done it and like, Oh, this is, this is a connection and it's so unique. Well, also realizing that um, you're going to, if you're open, you're going to connect with a lot of people and um, the connection, the sexual chemistry is there. I don't know if you, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think sexual chemistry I think it's easy. It's, it's there. It's like it's either there or it's not, or it's kind of there. But like, I think like it's the connection beyond sexual that um, is the struggle for people because that requires vulnerability. I agree. I agree. I think when you are in tune with your body and you know what you want, yes, it's very easy to build a sexual connection with people right out, out of the gate. But you're right. It's the the emotional piece. It, and it's, you have to have the same attitude for both things. You have to 
be authentic, express yourself, and talk about what you really want for both of those areas. Absolutely. But a lot of times, like we kind of talked about earlier in this conversation, you sometimes don't know what you want until you've experienced it. So yeah, life, sexuality, all those things are really, really experiential. And you shared something with me that you have been doing lately as a fun experience, which I will say I've also done. I, uh, My forays into sex work have been through being a phone, phone sex operator, which I was terrible at. I... I couldn't just play multiple characters for people. If I'd maybe done one persona, I could have been better. Um, I've done OnlyFans. I tried to do some, you know, cam work or just, you know, putting pictures up or videos up and getting people to pay for them this year. Just again, I thought it might be fun to try. And holy shit, it's a lot of work. It is. But uh, you have used this year during the pandemic to not only try some new things out online with online sex work, but also use it as a way to figure out more about yourself. So I want to know more about what first struck your, like, what made you go like, Hey, maybe, maybe I should try this. Um, it goes back to all those Tinder likes, having those mm-hmm. little 4,000 likes. And, um, I remember I was talking to some friends. We were all, like kind of in a some of them were in person some of them were like just like a chat because uh, I will say my best friend I'm friends with the husband and wife so I joke I'm in a non-sexual throuple so it's great I have a husband and a wife and <laughs> I get a perspective from both and they're both uh, like open sexually so it's great like I can come to them right and share these things with somebody that's they're open and they're understanding and get both perspectives which is good because they'll tell me they're like eh, he's playing you girl you know like they'll they'll they've been a great reality check especially early on when I was very unsure of myself, but, um, yeah, so it was all those Tinder likes and the, the male friends of mine and the girls agreed. They're like, you have a sexual energy. You have some rawness to you that I don't think you realize that you have. And they're like, I bet if you put some photos up and you did this, I think you would be surprised. And then seeing those, all those Tinder likes, I thought, holy shit, maybe there is something to me that I didn't know, which now I see reading, I'm all about it, Robert Greene's Art of Seduction, I see how I subconsciously turn myself into the siren, basically like a Marilyn Monroe. I look very innocent, but I have the curves, and I can make it very sultry and very intriguing, just like this, which they eat up, and so, you know, and the fact that I am so open about sex, and I'll talk about sex, it's like, okay, maybe there is something here. So I'm thinking, all right, you're going through a divorce. You know what though? You're a hustler. You got to do what you got to do. So I had to think about this as a woman who has a business and as the face of a business, what if this gets out? And then I kept thinking about double standards. And I thought, well, women, you know, if their nude photos are out there, right, then it's like, oh my gosh, their their business or whatever is tarnished. Why? A man, there's tons of men's photos out there and their businesses do just fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Screw this. I look good. I feel good. I am not going to be ashamed for exploring myself and, and putting myself out there to make a little extra money because, and so I'm thinking 10 years from now, when someone tries to like black with me for photos, I'm like, who doesn't have that photo? Everyone has that photo. Next, you know, <laughs> and also, damn, I look good. Damn, oh, yeah. I look good. It reminds me of from Schitt's Creek when Moira says, take a thousand pictures of yourself now. 
you know, and where you are right now. So when you're older, you can appreciate just how beautiful you were. Yes. I loved when she said that. And I had that thought too about like, who's going to screen grab this or who's going to like one day come up to me at a book signing and be like, yo, I watched this video of you one time on OnlyFans and be like, cool. Did you enjoy it? Right. And was it on my page or was it on his page? Because we both put that video up. Right. <laughs> right. That's like the current vibe trip I'm with now is that even though our faces are not in it, I do. And he trusts me. I, I split them. I'll just like drop him like, hey, look, money. We made some, we made some cash up. Like here, check your cash out. We made some money. He's like, sweet. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and so we're going to do that now. He's, and then we're brainstorming. Like I told him, like, we're both entrepreneurs. We're both. And so we are, we're like, okay, we're going to shoot this angle. And what's great though, is what we've agreed to that some content is for sale and some content is just for us. Yes. And so we've talked about how there's one of them, which is like, it was in the morning. It was, it was, it was more emotional. You could feel the more of an emotional connection. He's like, that's between us. I'm like, absolutely. Not everything about us is for, but you know, if we're meeting certain things. So yeah, I tapped to it. Then I did an OnlyFans and I just started posting some pictures up and was interesting, an interesting story behind that because um, I didn't have very many followers, but I, the ones that I had were giving me money for extra. Mm-hmm. Money. It's all like, okay, so maybe it's not always about the quantities, but the quality, right? It's yes. Like, yes. Like, it just takes one good sub or pay pig to follow an OnlyFans page and you can make some good oh, money. Yes. Yes. So I was like, wow, this is a nice little side hustle. And it's like, and I, I'm in control. I have the power. People, I think, with sex work think that they're just like giving. No, no. You have the power. You have the pussy power. You have the power. You realize that you get to set the rules. You can say no. You don't have to do something if you don't want to. Um, and I think that with sex work, what I'm learning is a lot of people assume that it's like you're you're just giving it away. And, and no, it's actually quite empowering. And so doing that, a couple photos. And to be honest, a couple people are from TikTok. They've some people have messaged me for my other business, and I will say they will flirt with me. I'm like, look, if you're interested in something along that nature, you need to follow this account on this platform, not mm-hmm. on this platform. And though I just direct them to that. So I directed them from TikTok to my OnlyFans. And then I I did I really just kind of did dabbled into that, but I had one guy that was straight up like he was, he was a pay pig. I think he spent like over a thousand dollars a me in a month. Mm-hmm. Turns out we went to college together. <sighs> so this is the story. So I'm with a friend of benefits. I'm at his house. Now I never stayed the night with friends of benefits. Again, made clear rules. I'm like, there's, there's no cuddling. I'm with friends of benefits. So, um, and for some people that's fine. They can do that. But I chose not to just like eye contact wasn't is minimal unless I'm like you in India. And then that's a whole different rule. I have about eye contact. And so, mm. yeah, now like with the person I'm with now, he's really into eye contact and that's cool. Like we've talked about, we're into it. Of course we've got a stronger connection, but like guys before that, I'm like, I will give you eye contact. We will do some, but it's only going to be for like so many seconds. Like I'm not going to stare at you. I'm not going to talk a lot because I know the intimacy behind that. And I was making that choice because I didn't want to make an emotional attachment. So, um, and again, that was just because I set those rules out. I'm like, you know, but so yeah, I'm dancing in my underwear and I get this message. Hey, um, again, I don't know their name. And he's like, Hey, I have to tell you something. So I have been obsessed with you for more than a decade. We went to college together. I dated your best friend in college. 
I'm like, oh my gosh, I knew exactly who it was when he said that. Well, I had a pretty good idea. And he said, we worked together. And I kept thinking, who, who is this? <laughs> and then finally it dawned on me because he had, he had, I sent some sensual audio with his name. And uh. His first name. And I'm like, oh, I only worked. It was the letter B. And I'm like, I only worked with one guy with a B name. And this guy was a total jerk to me. I was not attracted to him, but he was a total jerk to me in college. Because I was, I was, it was one of my best friends. And I was all like, oh, he's coming along too, you know? Mm-hmm. And ah. So I just always like kept my distance from him. And he, and, and a couple of times I technically became his boss for the paper. And he kind of pushed back on me on a couple of things. I'm like, look, just because I have a vagina, like you need to do that. Cause he didn't like what I had to say to him because he needed to do some, do something different. And he didn't like my advice. Anyways, mm-hmm. we didn't really get along that well, but apparently he'd been following me on Facebook. And then what it was is that I forgot at that point I had my Tinder up, but I wasn't on, I wasn't swiping. Um, mm-hmm. I had my only fans on my Tinder. I mm. did that. So then he found that, um, which I found out guys did not like that, but I put the only fans on my Tinder. They're like, you're just here to make money. And then I would be like, hell yeah, I am. And then I'm like, yeah, go fuck yourself. I am. So what? what? Exactly. <laughs> but then it was all like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Then they were just kind of like, eh. I'm like, and I just kept, I'm like, you know what? I can find, sorry, I'm like, I can find guys other ways, which I did. I end up, I use, like right now I use Reddit. Reddit Reddit's great. Uh-huh. And, um, and then like I said, then I have the campsite that I just started doing in December, but I did, I did the OnlyFans for several months and then I decided to do the cam work because it is a lot of work, but, mm-hmm. I, but yeah. It is. It's so much, it, it's a lot of time. It's like, Cause it's like, Ugh. you have to think follow of, up, follow up the aesthetic. I'm like, okay, now I got to do new photos, right? Like crap. I've used all my photos. Now I've mm-hmm. got new photos or get new content. What's the content? So, I mean, that's what it's just like, okay. And I'm still doing that now, but then I made the choice to close that out and focus more on, um, on Reddit. Cause then I could go to different kinks that I was wanting to appeal to. So but being a fin dom looking for a pay pig, um, and things of this nature. And then the camming, Honestly, the camping has been fun because I realized with that, a lot of it is men just want to be treated like humans and they want conversation. They want someone that will talk to them and maybe be a little flirty, but just talk to them. A lot of it is just, they'll ask me, you know, who's the youngest, what's the youngest guy you've been with or the oldest you've been and just answering their questions. And they'll say to me, wow, you're actually talking to us wow, you're actually communicating because they have told me that some of the girls, which is fine. They just lay around and please themselves in front of the camera until something people start tipping them. I don't do that. I'm very mm-hmm. much about the tease. So like last night it was, uh, it was hot girl yoga and basically in a thong and a crop top. And I did yoga and I talked to them and we talked about our days and my regulars came on. And then I started to figure out how I could monetize this more. So anyone who's interested Make a separate Snapchat account, okay, and mm-hmm. have them pay for your Snap. Mm. And pay for my Snap, and then I send cute little photos or videos. Just I do the overall story, so everyone gets it. So everyone that's on there has paid, and so they think that they're getting. You know, it is. It's like one way I can reach the twenty some, thirty some guys that are on there now that have each paid anywhere between like ten to twenty bucks a month. 
Mm-hmm. And then they get they get more of a private access. It's about again learning reading the art of seduction about giving them just enough. So that I am playing a game. When it comes to my heart and dating, I don't play a game. But when it this is a business, and I think people they they do they want that fantasy. I have one guy that basically said, "Hey, I'll pay for you to come to Ohio." And we'll spend like four days together. And I will simply say, this is an online only type of situation. I don't meet people in person because this is not, we did not meet through a dating site. This is not a dating site. This is not um, something of that nature. And I'm not judging people that do that. That's just my choice. And some of them get kind of upset, but it's like, you have to understand, like some guys get it and some don't, but they do. Like a lot of times, sometimes they'll pay me for a private and it's literally me just sitting there, just talking to them like tell mm-hmm. me your sex stories talk to me about your sex life what do you and they want to get to know me and they just want conversation it's so mm-hmm. interesting um i think people assume that it's in it and to each their own they all have their own angles but i definitely play the role of the tease of seduction mm-hmm. then as i say they'll say let me see that pussy i'm like oh pussy private you have to pay for that <laughs> yes good girl and they'll be all like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Some women, that's fine. On their show, put it out there immediately. That's fine. But you need to show me just a little bit of something. Just give me a few tokens, for goodness sakes. And yeah. you can see it because I know what it's worth. And I know that it has value and I know the power of it. So, and guess what? If they really want it, they'll pay for it. I mean, I've Yes, they will. They'll certainly ask for it for free if they can. Oh. But yeah, no, they'll pay for it if they really want it. That's right. for sure. And you know, and my, my best calls when I was doing phone sex operator work were the ones where we just sat and talked. Yes. I made the most money where all we did was talk. And like I, was, I was just a little baby sex coach at the time. And I did it partly to expand my knowledge and also partly to be able to like hear really crazy shit and not laugh or have a weird face or things like that. Working on my poker face. But yeah, my, my calls I made the most money on – where guys were like at the end of it, like, wow, thank you so much for listening. You should, you should maybe be a therapist one day. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll think about it. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I've noticing is like, wow, um, if I get into the right space, I can command a presence and attention that gets people to feel comfortable to open up. That's another thing I noticed when I was dating is that, um, because I was so open, I have to really check my vulnerability because there is so much that I will talk about. It's like, what is really vulnerable for me anymore? What's vulnerable to me does not look the same to someone else. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I will talk about mental health and my anxiety and depression and overcoming that and and, and still have, you know, in fact, of my OCD and ADD and all the fun things that I have, um, Talking about that and talking about my sexuality, talking about what I'm into, what I'm curious about. I'll just say, I'm curious about this. What do you think? Instead of saying, I don't know, I'm kind of into this. I don't know. I'll just say, I'm curious about this. And they're like, ooh, curious. Well, I'm kind of curious about this. And then it kind of opens up that conversation. But a lot of guys would just, there was one guy. I mean, he still, he calls me. The other day he called me and he said, my girl, my ex-girlfriend put a picture of her and her new boyfriend up. They've been together like three days and now they're up on Facebook and it gave me all kinds of feels. I need someone to talk about my emotions. Can I talk to you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Absolutely. Let's, you know, give me 15 minutes. Let me clear some stuff up and let's do it. And so that's what I told the guy I'm the vibe show with. I'm like, some of these guys just wanted someone to talk to mm-hmm. about things and, 
you know, open up. And some of these guys I went on dates with, they're like, you know what, after talking to you, I'm going to get back. I joked that they either wanted to get back with their ex after talking to me, or they wanted to work on themselves. Like I <laughs> basically inspired them to basically give up dating. Which is fine. I like, but I did, I had three guys almost back to back to back say, you know what, I think I'm just going to focus on myself. Like you're kind of inspiring me. And I think I'm going to start drawing more on this one guy's like, I think I'm going to get back into woodwork again. Like I kind of want to just take a break from dating. And like, it's, they're like, so thank you. You kind of like opened that up for me. I'm like, I, I'm the personal development person, I guess, instead of good luck, Chuck, to get you a person, I'm convincing you to focus on yourself, which is great. You know, cause I still check in with them. Hmm, considering that's what you basically do as your mission for your company is encouraging people to take better care of themselves, whatever that looks like. I know. Maybe you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing in life, my friend. I know. That was like, oh, <laughs> wow. And then my brain entrepreneur was like, man, there's a whole side for, to me, it's like for, as a business, I'm like, there's a whole aspect of men and their self-care that's just not being tapped into. So I'm actually making, yeah. I'm actually making a program now that I'm, I'm going to put out there that's specifically for men. Now I'm very inclusive with my programs, but I also understand the importance of gender identity for people. And so- mm-hmm tailoring one that's inclusive and then tailoring one that is more for women and tailoring one that is more for men. Yeah. It's fine to have the all inclusive one and then have ones that are more specified. Absolutely. Right. But yeah, no, that's what I, that's funny. Cause I was all like, wow, you know, this is, it was, so it was kind of like affirming my purpose in life. I'm like, even through dating, Kristen, you're even getting people like I told one of my friends, Oh, one of them, I remember this now he's in the military. He was a major um, in the military and we got to talking one night, had a great conversation and he said he wanted a woman that was open because he'd been curious about men. And I said, so you've been with a man? He says, no. And I said, then why haven't you explored that? I've been afraid to. By the end of the conversation, Kristen, he was deciding he was going to go to Missy B's or some other bars and he was going to meet a man and he was going to start exploring that side of him because I said straight up, I said, look, you said your end goal is to find a wife. Like you have to do your, you are, you are disrespecting yourself. If you don't explore your sexuality and your interest in men, you're going to build resentment between you and your wife. And it's not going to be healthy. You're going to, I know about the mental health. I'm thinking depression. I'm thinking suicide ideation. I know what this is like. Not that I know, but I've heard about it. And I'm thinking, yeah, you, you can't repress that side of you. You have to explore that. I mean, I literally was sending him links to places in Kansas City. And I looked up different groups. And I have a friend who's bisexual. I was like, help me. He needs help. I was sending him links to help him embrace his sexuality. And I thought, yeah, okay. This is obviously part of your life's purpose and for some weird reason it's now going through dating sites but you know what if you're helping these men take care of themselves explore their sexuality he texted me like a month ago said he was dating a man Ah, yay early and it had been like the fourth or fifth guy that he had been with but he was happy and he just wanted to say i know it was weird that we started off he was all like but i appreciate because he kept saying well if i find someone open like you no 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 no, babe i'm just your angel that's here to help you realize you need to do this i'm yeah. not the person for you and um yeah i was all like that that one was really like wow okay you're clearly that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to help people tap into sides of themselves, explore themselves, love themselves, all parts of themselves and encouraging them to do that. So 
Um, his nickname is Major Z in my book. So Major Z is, uh, yeah, that was the, it was, it was just so funny because my friends were like, of course you would do that. <laughs> of course I would convince a guy that's on a site looking for, because it just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, why are we, why, why are you doing that to yourself? Why are you hurting yeah. like that? Yeah. You know, and, and I'm thinking, okay, that's fine. If that's my job is to be a good luck Chuck for personal development and, you know, sexual growth, then that's what it's supposed to be. And, um, yeah, it, I, I don't, I don't deny it. it was, it's, it is what it is, you know? And I, I learned from that and I learned parts of my power and some of my abilities as somebody who encourages people for a living. Oh, I love it. And let's just say it. You're also normalizing sex work, that sex work is work and it doesn't look like what a lot of people think it does. Right. It is people earning money, consensually doing what they feel like they want to do. So right. thank you for being open and honest about this, that you are a adult professional woman who is, is public. You are out in the world about this now and you're not afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid to talk about it. And I, I appreciate you being here to have that conversation to normalize that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just don't, it's interesting, you know, people, you have to understand, I think the biggest thing that's helpful to people is empathy. Mm -hmm. it, I think radical empathy, I think is honestly how we fix ugh, majority of everything in this world, I think, because basically trying to get into their shoes, learning how they came to that idea. So when people come to me and they're, they seem a little closed-minded. They're just like, oh, well, oh my gosh, you're, you're legally separated, but your divorce isn't final and you're dating. Like that's kind of taboo or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. like, well, the divorce is a process and then add the pandemic on top of it. Okay. And, right. And it's like, I'm not going to slow down. If this is my choice, this is my choice. It's up to me. I get to decide. I, I have that freedom, but then realizing, okay, look at their background. Look at their experience. Of course, this is how they are. This is how they were raised. They were raised this way to think in a black and white thinking and that type of mental distortion. So I can't be mad at them for how they were raised and how they were taught to think. They don't know about rewiring their brain and unlearning things. And that has helped me a lot through everything, through my friends who just, who can't believe they don't know who I am. And it's all like, this is just one side of me. I'm still the friend that will send you stupid memes and talk to you about stuff. And, you know, like I'm still me at times and still goofy and, and still, you know, but this is just a side of me that I'm exploring. And like I said, now I'm learning to tap that into other areas of my life. It's not so much, it's just I think when you own every part about yourself, so the sexual mm -hmm. sensual side, you own the side of yourself that is vulnerable and the side that um, your light, all the shades, the dark, the light, all of it. I think that's when we really shine. And I think that's why my self-care coach program is taking off so well right out of the gate and people are paying attention is because it's a side of myself I hadn't explored. And now that I've opened that up, it's like, here's Kristen, like here she is. And we're evolving and changing every single day. And, you know, knowing the decisions we make today affect our tomorrow and just embracing that I think is what really attracts people and resonates people. Cause so many people just live in shame and fear. And it's really honestly someone who's kind of in, in a way kind of come out of the closet. And it's just really I feel for them because I've been in the part where I, I didn't know who I was 
and I had the sexual side, but I just shoved it way deep down. And again, had a partner and just didn't communicate because I didn't feel safe. So I tell people, I want to be that safe space for whatever it may be. And some people just need to get stuff out. I had one guy, I was, I just thought it was so funny because we were talking on the phone. He opened up his car door so I could hear the ding. And as he opened the car door, he told me about how he had been, he had he'd been, he had not been with a man. He had thought about it because he'd been attracted to trans and he was exploring that. I'm like, so you're attracted mm-hmm. to trans. Go, go. Awesome. There's, there's some gorgeous trans people out there. Are you kidding me? I want to know. That Absolutely. People. He was all like, yeah, you know, this guy we went back to my room. He's like, and he sucked me off. He's like, then when it's time to suck him, I got weird and I left. And he, you hear the car door and he's like, ding, ding. He's like, why did I just tell you that? I'm like, dude, this is what I do. I'm like a truth serum. Like people just share things with me because you're totally cool. I'm sharing it now, but I'm not giving away his name. The point is, it's like when you own that and what your gifts are, it's like the universe just brings you people who need you in that moment. So I think that's also what helped me separate the attachment stuff is like some of these people, yeah, we had a great connection. You know what? I didn't really need them, but they needed me. They needed that conversation. They needed to tell somebody that he's, he's like, I never told anyone that that happened two years ago. Why did I just tell you that? I'm like, cause you needed to tell someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you told me, I'm like, we don't have any mutual friends. It's your business. I'm so glad that you trusted me with that. I'm not going to tell me I'm telling it on a podcast, but again, it's not his name. The point is, it's anonymous. Yeah. It's anonymous. The point is, is that that was just a perfect example of him, like, why? And I've had that outside of sexual things happen to me. So I think realizing, like, okay, this is what I have to give to the world and I can give love. That doesn't mean that I have to have it reciprocated right away. I trust the universe that whatever I give will come back to me tenfold. And it has. So every time I give with no expectations, because that's what frustration is, is subconscious expectations. And mm-hmm. not really we have those, but getting clear with my expectations, letting go of my expectations, and then seeing that I'm just made to give love in various ways. And that's okay, but also to set the boundaries, respect myself. Like I'm only going to give you so much of my time. And then if you want to continue this conversation further, I need to go do X, Y, Z for myself. So setting those boundaries, knowing, let go of the expectations and just realizing that I'm made for love of various kinds and it will come back to me. And it has come back to me in various ways, whether that's a man taking care of my sexual needs and exploring a fantasy that I've always wanted to do. And he's doing that for me to the man that is bringing me ibuprofen and taking it because I had a bad day. Like, yeah. yeah, like it's all come back to me in various ways and just being grateful. And I think this expectation of, of me, 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 yeah, it's me, but also it's about them too. And I think that's very important. And I'm going to, I'm going to stop because I'm going to keep rambling because girl, I could go all day about this because it's just so fascinating and I'm very passionate about it because it's, I'm living it, but it's just, you just, I'm just learning so much. And I just, I hope some people get some insights out of this conversation and can feel a little better about themselves and are hopefully able to, I don't know, maybe embrace their sexuality a little bit more and Mm -hmm. how powerful it is and how it's a natural, healthy thing incredibly healthy and natural that we are sexual beings and it's nothing to be ashamed of whatsoever. 
Oh, absolutely. I I don't know how anyone can listen to this conversation and not get some of those things. But two things before I've got something here for you to wrap us up with. One, if if you would like any support on the sexuality side on your programs, you know how to who to holler at. I'll be there for you to help you with any of that. But also, if you think you want to become a sex coach one day, I've got a program for you. So you just let me know because uh, I come from a place of abundance. I don't see other sex coaches as competition. I think there's so many people out there to help that we need like thousands more of us. So again, if you just ever feel like, you know, adding that little certification, just let me know because I think you'd be great at it. You know, I've thought about it as part of my self-care program. I thought Mm -hmm. about when I talk about the connection side of self-care, I thought about getting certification in that as of, as of self-care and then still, still teaching my other components, Mm -hmm. but then being able to really help people at least have a really good understanding for people in that area. Cause like I said, I did the the Mm -hmm. connection self-care and People were like, I just did a TikTok about it. Like basically saying I was a Thanksgiving feast and we're all different size feasts. Some of us have a pot roll. Some of us have more dessert. Some of us have more deviled eggs in us. But the point is like, someone's going to pull up the chair to this feast and we're going to be too much. That's fine. Their eyes are bigger than their stomach. But to the right person, we're going to be like the perfect meal. Like, oh my gosh, he or she has everything that I've wanted. And so yes. Therefore, I'm, I'm, I want this meal every day. And that's funny because I feel like a snack is like something. This is so funny that this is the side note. But yeah, when people say they're a snack, it's almost like, well, a snack is something you just enjoy in the moment and then you put it away. I don't want, mm-hmm. I don't want to be someone. Are you, you finished and it's done? Right. And like, I don't, like Lizzo said, I'm not a snack. I'm the whole damn meal. Exactly. So then I'm all like, man, fuck it. I'm a freaking feast. And there's so much to me. And I think that's, um, that's people have been resonating with that on TikTok. They're like, yes, I'm not a snack. I'm like, yeah, because a snack is just, it's a cute saying, but it's all like, mm-hmm. nah, I'm more than a snack. I'm something that for the right person and for me, for them, I want them to be a feast for me too. It's not just me being a feast for them. I want to know if they're going to be a feast for me. Are they going to be able to keep me stimulated emotionally, mentally, spiritually, everything? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, and again, the compliment, not the complete Um, Yes. And that's very and very important. But yeah, no, I have thought about that just as a way to help with the connection side of my self-care just because I'm really because I'm into it in the moment. And like I said, Mm -hmm. the book that I'm writing between like and love, a woman's self-care journey through dating and divorce. I hope to help people out with, if I share my story and I've decided I was going to make it fictional, but I've decided not to, I've decided to just be honest. This is my story. And I have to be authentic and I can write it into a cute little novel and say, oh, this was based on me. I'm like, no, I experienced this. So then when I'm a millionaire, I'd be like, yeah, I wrote this book about self-care through dating, sex, divorce, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Because that's my story and I have to own my story. And when we own our stories, that's when we really help people. And that's. That's what yes. it is. That's what it is. It, that's what it's all about. That's what it is. Yes. About. Yes. Oh my God. I love this episode so much because I, I have a lot of like community advocates or other coaches and people who are on here sort of teaching how to do the things. But I also just love having conversations about people's sex lives. And I haven't got to have an episode where we really just talked about like sex and kink and all the things and the journey. So thank you for this. This has been great. I am curious. Are you cool with tarot readings? I am cool with tarot readings, yes. Because at the end of my show, I always do a one-card tarot reading from my erotic tarot of Milo Minara. Yes. 
Okay, I'm so, Okay, cool. Yes. I put myself on mute a minute ago and I shuffled up your cards and I already did a, a, a cut and drew your card. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. This, oh, you're going to like this. Let me first describe the card to you. It is a woman in a shower. The curtain is clear and you're sort of seeing it from her back angle. So you're seeing her her luscious booty, yep. side side boob and a nipple. And she's kind of got her head back and the water is rushing over her, her brown locks. <laughs> yeah. Right? You got brown hair. And there is someone watching her shower from the doorway. Um, he sort of looks like actually like a, a demon kind of because he's got like claws and he's got he's like dark and got like this like almost looks like a black leather suit like bodysuit big black face okay okay and yeah he looks it, it, it sort of looks ominous but she's got her eyes closed and is just looking back and you know it could be just a kinky thing you know in my head i'm thinking like oh maybe it's just like a leather bodysuit or it's you know, sort of like an american horror story that full like suit yeah. you know <laughs> oh my god but it's the seven of water. So the water suit is, um, it corresponds to chalices or cups. It's about imagination, the sense of sight, and the spiritual and emotional sphere. Water controls daydreams, mental images, the lure of the unknown, and of exotic and adventurous situations. It is also that part of the attraction which comes from what is irrational and from romantic desire. Now, the seven is about imagination, whimsy, or intangible danger. The astrological meaning is about Venus and Scorpio, meaning it's about the need to love ardently and secretly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So. Interesting. Okay, so the guy I'm in a vibe ship with, does, he, he talks about kind of having a darker side. Mm-hmm. He has been a dom before. Um, and, but we are not in a Dom type sub situation. Um, it's great is that he, some people that have come more of a, it's interesting. I feel like some people that come off saying they have a very Dom energy, um, almost come off kind of arrogant. It's like, no, this is about pleasing each other and about, uh, to me, I want it to be like a, a back and forth. And so he's very much like, we're going to explore the rules. I think that's why I feel so safe with him is because he's like, yeah, I'll let you dominate me. Like we'll take turns. Like basically we're, we're going to explore this together. And so he, um, he does have a bit of a darker side that he talks about and he talks about is he has been through some stuff that he shared with me. Mm-hmm. He describes himself sometimes as like a demon or like a wolf. Oh my gosh, this card really is so perfect because it's showing him and his side and you with your like voyeuristic exhibitionist tendencies. Yes, yes. Oh my God, I just texted it to you. So yes, I'll have to share that with him because yes, we've talked about that about his, you know, he talks about he is he's really attracted to my feminine energy and he finds it intriguing and he finds it intriguing that I am so open sexually, but also I have this innocence about myself that intrigues him as a dom, even though mm. we're not playing the rules. And then he, he, when he said the other day, he goes, he's like, you're, we talk about planting seeds because he's all like, mm-hmm. he's like, you're planting a seed in my mind. He's like for sexual deviancy. He's like, and also my heart. And I'm like, oh, I'm reaping the demon. What do you know? I use that phrase all the time. I love plant, saying planting seed. I'm just planting the little seed here so that it'll grow over time and right, see right. it blooms later. Yeah, right. So it's interesting. And not that I was all like, I need to like get to his heart or whatever, but it was, it was all like, 
I did. I told him he, we've opened up once about our, our past and he shows, he was very honest with me about some things about why his last relationships didn't work and his, his fault in those relationships. And that's why he's scared or that's why he wants to take his time with this because it is so unique and he doesn't want to have his past issues or past trauma come into the current situation, but he was still good with me. And yeah. And I said, look, your dark side does not scare me. We all have a dark side and Mm -hmm. you're like, well, your side doesn't scare me. So that's really interesting that you say that. And the the secret love thing. Uh I don't know. Uh, I I mean, at times. That fit, that card was yours to draw today. (laughs) It was. And now I have to think about the, I have to look at it and think about the secret love thing. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh man. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A bad thing. I'm gonna keep telling myself, yeah. Oh, so what if I do love him? I love parts of him. I, I care for him. So yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Or, or shoot, I guess I'll keep you posted if he progresses. If he professes his love to me on this trip or something, or, uh, <laughs> or something like that. I'm like, um, yeah. Well, well, I'm sure I'll get an update from that. So. Get an update from that. So, but also, that's so. Oh my god, I'm so excited about that card. That. Oh my gosh. Thank you for. That. I love it. I can't wait for you to show it to him. Yeah. So. So how do people get a hold of you? How do they find your app, your socials, all the stuff? Okay. So if they want to follow me on Instagram, I have changed my name just because of the, I am taking back my maiden name and I'm making that switch. So it's, it's Kristen underscore R and then Summers, S-U-M-M-E-R-S. Um, if they want to follow me on Instagram, that would probably be the best. I'm the most active on that. Mm-hmm. Um, on and it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N because I'm an E-N. So. Yeah. Um, and then if they're on TikTok, it's at it's self-care CEO. I'm so glad I got that name a year ago before TikTok blew up. Yes. So yeah, self-care CEO is me on that. Um, those are two great ways to get a hold of me. Um, or if you want to email me, you can email uh mind M I N D star health at gmail.com. So there's are some great ways to get a hold of me. Um, of course you can always look me up on LinkedIn if you want to. It's Kristen Summers. Um and go from there. But uh, yeah, those are some ways to get a hold of me if anybody wants to just just talk. I'm always down for conversation. And as long as you're, uh, it's so interesting because our first conversation, Chris and I was not open. I was not. Mm-hmm. open, And now it's the, like the door has been busted open. And so it's maybe like our conversation planted a seed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> there. Yes. yes. Thank you for planting the seed. And now I'm having the best sex of my life. Thank you very much, Kristen. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm so glad I could help. Cause you know what? I I saw in that moment, I saw like, wow, this is someone who is really driven and really inspired to help people. And sexuality is something that we all sort of know we need to like have a healthy sex life and we need to be taking care of ourselves, but we're so afraid to talk about it. And that was the only thing I picked up on it was she she probably just needs some support seeing the importance of this and opening up her own mind. And look at you, as soon as like, you really started to understand more about yourself through this process and understand more about what you want. You went down this path and you took control of your life. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful to see. I love it. Thank you. I know it's, I mean, I know that I know if I'm doing something right, I'm only going on four hours of sleep and I get jazzed up. Like I saw, I know like I'm on little caffeine here. And the fact that I can talk about this stuff and get so jazzed up. I'm like, 
you got to follow that. You got to follow with that creativity. You got to follow the energy. When mm-hmm. you, know, you have to answer. And so that's like with my book, it's like, it literally just came to me one afternoon. I wrote it. I'm looking at it now, the outline. It's all like, okay, this is what I have to do. I, you just, you got to honor yourselves, people. Mm-hmm. You, you deserve it. You really, yeah, you do 100%. You deserve it. Maybe one day we'll be on book tour together. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Let's put that out now to the universe. Let's make that happen. Hell yeah. I want to be on book tour with like two or three really awesome females who are just writing about their journeys and helping other people through, you know, sharing their stories and all that. So yes, we're putting that onto the universe now. Okay. A minute. No, it's going to happen. All right. All right. Well, Kristen, thank you again so much for being on Keep Them Coming. This was a long conversation, but a much needed one. And I'm very grateful for it. Thank you so much for having me and letting me, letting me ramble on about my, what's going on with my life, man. I appreciate it. Anytime, my dear. I look forward to having an update about Colorado. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes or stuff we talked about during the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the dirty bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching, if you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.